Hello and welcome to The One One. I am BJ Ryan, episode 141, sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter at Betfair. We are back in 11HQ, our spiritual home here, and I'm alongside the one and only Perth racing guru, Terry Layton. Good afternoon, PJ. It's just ticked over. It has just ticked over. Mm. What a ticker. Mm. Been a big day. Yeah, it's been a big day. All happening, you know. Got to run around, got to find a couple of morals at Northern. It's just whew, one of those days. How are you, though? You look well. Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Yeah. Had a, had a uh, uh, jam-packed weekend in... Melbourne, mm-hmm. uh, Flemington races on Sunday. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, MCG Saturday night. Yeah, so back late Sunday night, early Monday morning. Mm-hmm. So been catching dockers up. a week as piss, weren't they? Uh, yeah, they got blown. Week away. as water. Yeah, yeah. They were, yeah, I was. I think the the crowd was sort of hoping for um, a bit more of a bit more of a game, but uh, it was pretty obvious early that it was. Uh, the it was one-way traffic. The margin flattered them, didn't it? Yeah, certainly did. I think Collingwood went from six goals to six goals seven in one period. I think they kicked seven behind straight. So the Dockers were lucky to to be in 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 relative striking distance at you know at that stage. But yeah, unfortunately Collingwood just overwhelmed them, and they were they were the better team, and they are the better team heading into a preliminary final. So I think I think we got it just about right with the. Yeah, I mean, Brisbane, arguably, but uh, – No, arguably shouldn't be there, no. Brisbane, no. Well, then again, Melbourne, I reckon. That was – I reckon that for a close finals, one of the worst finals, I thought Melbourne were piss-wake, absolutely piss-wake. Well, yeah. I'm also talking about any pocket investment on the flag from a a month or two earlier at a fairly handy price. But look, (laughs) piss-wake. That's what I've come up with. All right, quick word, uh, Geelong, Brisbane winner? Geelong will potentially end Brisbane as a football club. (laughs) (laughs) Could get ugly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Sydney Collingwood at the SCG. Uh, look, I'm going to throw Collingwood out. I just feel just like they're, I, I'm, I'm like most of us do. We like to hate Collingwood. Mm. I'm, I'm cheering for Collingwood this year. I love the underdog story. I love how all these lads are up and about. I think next year will be a big comeback down to earth for them because they've just got everything going at the right time. Momentum. Flow uh, they're in flow state at yeah, the moment. It would be like yeah. we did in 2018. Yeah. We weren't necessarily that great a football side. I think everything was just sort of lined up, even with the injuries and suspensions we had. So, um, yeah, I, I hope the winner comes from that game. Yeah, I'll be going for Sydney. But from what I saw live at the ground the other day, Collingwood were amazing. So they, uh, I think they believe that they're uh, they can win the whole thing. So that's going to be that's going to be the game. The Sydney Collingwood prelim is going to be amazing. So, mm-hmm. um, but more importantly, closer to home from a thoroughbred racing point of view, from a WA racing point of view, they launch. Get ready for the launch. The Quaker. Yeah, the Quaker. <laughs> the Quaker. What, what sound does a Quaker make? <laughs> I've got no idea. No, we should we should Google that. Um, initial reaction? Yeah, I like it. Oh, the name. Oh, the name probably. The name. I'm not wild. sure about. The name's wild. The name is very wild. <laughs> it's, but, it's, uh, it's wild. Yeah, like, but I'm probably looking more at the. Um, the concept is fantastic. The the name. I think we. Okay, so for those of you who who haven't caught up yet, the um, Rawa announced. Uh, Racing and Waging West Australia announced the Tab Touch Western Trilogy, which is uh, the best of the West take on the rest in the state's first slot race series. So there's a slot race for the Thoroughbred Code, for the Harness Code, and the Greyhound Code. Thoroughbreds is the Quokka, a $4 million, 1,200-meter weight for age race at Ascot on April 15. The night before is the Nullarbor, which is a $1 million, a harness racing slot race, 10 runners there at Gloucester Park. And on the same evening at 
Cannington Greyhounds, the Sand Groper, is the $500,000 Greyhound slot race. And I think we got dudded on the names. I think the Sand Groper would have been the best of the, the three from a thoroughbred point of view. Um, however, I can see some marketing types uh, absolutely salivating at the thought of uh, – Quokka selfies flooding the social medias um, in the lead up to the to the Quokka, but uh, yeah, it'll grow on me. But yeah, first thoughts, Again. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm just looking at the event itself. Very very event. excited. Very excited about of the course. event itself. Four million bucks. It sort of overshadows the railway to a degree. It's anything I. It's just I, it's I, in the order. It's in the yeah, order. I know. It's so. in a different time. Yeah. We get a lot of visitors, I'm sure. Um, I heard you have already seclu- uh, secured a slot yourself. <laughs> <laughs> one for Evelina, was it? Or? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and the new one, of course. But um, um, no, I spoke to spoke to Dan Morton briefly this morning, so I imagine that um, that uh, the Morton Racing Stables will be putting their hand up for a slot, um, especially when you've yep. got a horse like uh, Elite Street. Uh, in your backyard so um but yeah so just breaking it down for for the listeners here so the quokka four million dollar slot race so it's 14 slots compared to the everest which is 12 uh we've got 14 it's two hundred thousand dollars a slot uh wait for age 1200 as i mentioned first prize two million dollars so this is the richest race ever to be held uh, will be the richest race thoroughbred race ever to be held in western australia um two million dollars for first six hundred thousand for second, third is 400,000, 200,000 for fourth, fifth is 140,000, and then uh, sixth, 100, and seventh to 14th all get 60,000. So um, you spend 200, uh, the, the worst you can, the worst result is 60 in the bank. So it's basically, you make money. No yeah. matter what. Yeah. <laughs> is that how it works? Is that maths? You can't lose. <laughs> is that maths? <laughs> In using uh, the, the old um, the old faithful Terry the Handicappers theories, you can't lose. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the the applications for slots are, um, I think, are now open. I think they uh, you have to have your applications through by the end of October. I think it's October 26th was the date, but it's massive for West Australian racing. And But what it, ha- what it has also done, Terry, is it's rejigged the autumn sprinting schedule as well. So this is what I uh, – so listening to David Hunter on the um, on the radio, tab radio this morning, he spoke with um, Digby Beecham and Timmy Walker there. Um, the Quokka, of course, will be – uh, run on April 15th. So what they've done, they've had to change a few things to get the lead-ins right. Two weeks prior, on the 1st of April, the Roma Cup mm. moves back to Ascot. Is it going to be 200K? It's an, I'm not sure about that. It's, it's, but it's changing from 1,200 to 1,100. Right. So it's, it's going, the Northern Stakes, effectively. Just wait for age. Yes. So, But two weeks after the Quokka yep. is the Northern Stakes, which will now be 1,300. It's a bit of a letdown, isn't it? Two weeks. Go from 4 million to 120,000. <laughs> Two weeks, yeah, that's true. They might that's too. It's too big a standout, the, well, isn't the, it? The Roma Cup needs to be the one that's gets yeah, jacked. It has to be half a million. Get it to half. Yeah, yeah. Roma Cup needs to be a half group, a million. Group so status. If they if horses are coming, maybe they can do the bang bang. Maybe, or yeah. um, I think they're the TJ Smith from what David Hunter said is is the big uh, rich sprint twelve hundred sprint race in Sydney. Danny Morton must just think this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> having, having elite stream, maybe to a, less, to a lesser extent, uh, Will Chain yeah, wait for I think, must a, be thinking. I think it was a shut up and take my money yeah. situation. <laughs> oh, I don't care. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so two weeks post Quokka is a 1,300-metre northern sprint, and then it goes twelve hundred. Uh, then it goes two weeks later, Belmont Sprint, Two weeks to Hyperion, two weeks to the Strickland. So yeah. they've had to. So they've 
so that series is really ramped up. So there's a lot, you know, there's a lot more racing opportunities for West Australian horses in that period of time. A lot more money on offer, of course. Um, so the um, yeah, so we'll wait to see what they do with the races around. But the Karaketa Plate is also on the same day as the Nullarbor. I've got a trick question for you, Terry. Okay. If you were Simon Dig A. Deep, Miller, sorry. if you were Simon A. Miller and uh, Amelia Park this year, would you have run that champion filly Amelia's Jewel in the Cocker potentially? Yeah, hundred percent. Forty for age. Yeah, four million dollar weight for age. So theoretically, if the, well, if the Cocker was this year on Carrickana Plate stakes, she does she go to the Cocker or does she go to the Carrickana Plate? So what do two-year-olds carry at that weight scale? Because three-year-olds get in really well. I'll tell you. So a two-year-old male would get 48. A two-year-old female would get 46 kilos. Well, at least you know it would be Natasha Faithful. <laughs> on board. She's, she's the only one. And Natasha's thing can go that way. Any good two-year-olds. Yeah. Uh, I think looking – I mean, you'd, you'd, assess, you'd assess the field. You'd exactly. Get, you'd get the ratings gurus to tell you because we can only guess how you, they you, would line up and, and against the experienced horses. Could you you'd probably that, get though? a ratings guru to say to you, well, you'd, you're probably on raw figures. You're the, you're the one or you're not and that would be crazy so um yeah so i love that, it though I, yeah. love it. I love it but we do we need to beef up what's around it exactly so the 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 autumn needs to carry a bit more weight i think especially mm. if, especially if we're going to have the eyes of Tell the, what, uh, bob might sending him stop sending him over east if this keeps happening all these little pump ups yeah well he's bringing we'll three form, he's well bringing, bringing three back i was gonna say stageman graceful girl look at coming back for that after winning a winter bottom there's no reason she wouldn't be targeting a race of that nature yeah yeah uh, that's that's well, it wouldn't have been in the, in the radar now, uh, until this morning. So yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, so it's probably the one time Bob's cattle isn't quite as cattley either, as well. Well, over here at least, what's happening? So there's not as much cerise and white. Well, it's interesting, of, wasn't it? Because oh, treasure started. He had motor, a very yeah. light light autumn. Yep. Usually, they uh, the cerise and white dominate the mm -hmm. oaks and the derby and the various lead up races to that. That was light on, but he does have the WA Guineas winner and the Belmont Guineas winner as well. So they will be his his two pronged attack, and um, and of course Western Empire, um, Regal Power, and Stage Man are all flying back to West Australia after racing. Dog shit. Dog shit. At Flemington last said, I thought Graceful Girl was quite good actually, but mm -hmm. just one last thing on the Quokka. Uh, how good for West Australian racing. Can, you know, hats off to everyone who was involved in in getting these. The thing with the, with the Rawa model is if you're going to come up with a concept or an or initiative or anything like that, it has to be, uh, it has to be fair for all three codes. So there's has to be able to be, I guess, um, replicated across the harness and the greyhound world as well. So it would have taken a lot of work to, to for everyone, um, the powers that be, to to be able to satisfy the the three codes with what they've been been what they've produced. And um, the name aside for me, the concept is amazing. I can't wait. This is this is going to be a, a huge event for West Australian racing and for West Australia in general. I imagine the 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 Nullarbor or the sand group or the quokka i imagine there's a lot of marketing opportunities there for tourism western australia um, and if we can create a better relationship with tourism west australia and, and government in general uh, within the thoroughbred racing industry that can only be a good thing so four million dollar race i don't think either of us thought that that was um on the radar and this morning we wake up and that is the news that's circling around and um yeah it's uh, following on from the the um the announcements they made earlier about the $1.5 million races and, of course, the new gold rush as well. So it's exciting times here in West Australia, Terry. Yeah, I thought the biggest news of the week would be Salaya going up $5.50. <laughs> um, so, yeah, to, to get a $4 million race, it sort of put that in the uh, 
in the shade, in the shade a yeah. little bit, doesn't it? Relegated that to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but just touching on um, some of the other racing news, of course, Kiss it all four cheeks. I was on course at Flemington to witness uh, her victorious in the uh, in the Let's Elope Stakes. Therefore, good ride. New trainer Nicholas uh, Ryan and uh, Mark Zara from West Australian, of course. Mark, he had a big day. He won a Group One, a Group Two, and a Group Three. But uh, yeah, she uh, she was impressive. Yeah, she was a uh, great ride. I thought yeah. from Barrier Four Day. And I know nothing about the form, but uh, tuned in to watch her. And um, I think one of our one of our mates, Latham, said it very well. She knows how to find the line on Twitter. He lobbed up that. So, yeah, she was a uh, a good watch. And it was a it's another toughish day for some of the WA horses. Red Cam Man went super down the straight. Yeah, Red Cam Man was awesome. Being there, the the wind that picked up just prior to his race. Was and he punched into it. Didn't he? he punched into a okay. massive headwind. Um, he had the astrologist who he was racing alongside uh, finished well behind. He did. I heard. And that, the, I heard that horse could see it in the stars. Yeah, though, yeah. That the wind was coming. The three horses that beat. I, obviously, I'm a red can apologist. I love love the love the horse, but he the three horses that beat him home all had all had cover, so they all were able to tuck in and get a bit of a relief from the the massive headwind that was blowing. And for him to box on gamely, especially on a soft. Uh, genuine soft track as well, rain affected track. Um, finished fourth, beaten only a length of the line. Um, if they can get a dry track at Caulfield on Saturday, don't be surprised if he runs the race of his life there in the uh, in the Group One. Declaring him? Eh? So, no, I'm not declaring him. I just think he's. We well, he can't lose. He's going to go up a <laughs> massive a price, and um, I think he's in a bit better form than people than people think. You just need a dry track for him to produce his best at that level. So, and he uh, just wins, you reckon? Yeah, J Dub. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking about just wins, yeah. should we? Uh, should we get a man? Who's that? Who knows how to win? He knows how to win. <laughs> he knows how to win. He knows how to win. So I'm trying to find the price of Red Can Man so I could uh, make reference to it. Um, yeah, should we get a man on the show who knows how to win? We well, should. We should get a man on the show who knows how to win. But before we do that, Graceful Girl, Showmanship, Red Can Man in the Rupert Clark Stakes at Corfu this Saturday. Midnight Blue in the Foundation Cup as well. They're the West Australian uh, representatives on the East Coast. But uh, a man who certainly knows how to find – he knows how to – find his way to the winner's circle that is for sure uncertain we have yet to have him on the show so this is an absolute pleasure let's uh let's bring in michael grantham well it's been a long time coming we've been wanting to get i've been wanting to get this fellow on the show for a while now but terry's been character ho- terry's been hogging him on the bet fair edge but uh we've locked him in for the one one today let's bring him in michael grantham welcome to the one one Hello, hello, Tether, BJ, how you going? <laughs> very well, Mickey, very well. Great to have you on the show. Um, thought we'd just uh, just off the off the top, ask the big question. What's it what's it like having Western Temple in your stable now? Western Empire. Western Empire. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I tried to buy a Western Temple, but we missed out. But, no, I don't I don't have Western Empire. He's probably oh, probably still um, up in the air and I think he lobs here next. Oh, lobbed at, uh, at their farm next week, so that'll be a decider of what Peter does with him from there, I guess, and the other two, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, Western Empire, uh, Stage Man, and Regal Power making their way back to uh, Western Australia, and uh, of course... Michael Grantham has to uh, be in the mix, doesn't he, Terry? Certainly does. Certainly does. You must be really enjoying um, training some uh, some Ferraris, I think, uh, as yeah. we call them. The uh, yeah, the teams uh, the teams looking well, fairly exciting at mm. the moment, Mickey. Yeah, no, it's um, yes, I think I've spoken to the SEM before, and you know, prior to getting these, and when devoted was winning those races, and yeah, it's just, 
now it's all set in place and, you know, he's just, he just the ball's rolling now. So you don't really have to impress much. you just just got to get on with your job and just make sure we get the results at the end of the day. But at the moment, everything's going good and um, I've just got a few exciting three-year-olds that'll step out of the trials, say, Monday and then, you know, a couple of them will, will venture to the races next week as well. So it's good to get that ball rolling. How many bobs have you got in total? Um, to be honest with you, I, the top of my head, I actually don't know, but I think there's, there's over 20 here at the moment. She is. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, uh, that was sort of the number that I sort of, we fixed on with Miss Peters and myself, but, uh, at the moment, that's, it's a great number for me just with the other horses I've got, but, um, I'm handling that pretty well, so. I think that there was ever a time where I said I could take more. I, I don't think that would be ever a problem. But um, I prefer just to get through, say, this carnival coming up and then just renegotiate after that, I'd say. So, <clears throat> so Michael, you've, you've had a lifetime in, in thoroughbred horse racing, of course, um, your dad being a jockey and your, your mum a trainer and you, of course, being, being a jockey as well. Yeah, um, last ride back in 2012, I believe, but... It's been a real, and obviously, of course, you're um, you're very well known and established within the harness racing circles, as well as one of the leading trainer drivers in in Western Australia. But this this thoroughbred training gig, it's it's been a rapid rapid rise. I'm, I'm looking at your your stats here, and your first runner was Deadly Touch um, back yeah. in, back in May 2020. Your first winner was Top Trade in October. I was about to say, I remember, I remember Top Trade. So he's gone from training Deadly Touch and Top Trade in 2020 to um, training for Bob Peters just a sh- what two years later, basically. So um, what a uh, what an accomplishment for yourself and for your for your I guess your talents as a horseman. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot to recap on there, but it, um, yeah, obviously when I had finished riding, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do, and I stepped into the truck with Dad, obviously, and started doing track work, and um, obviously Mum and Dad divorced, so I moved down with Mum, where it was closer to down Carnarth, and then I started working, well, yeah, working for Adam Durant for a little bit, and ended up obviously going to Melbourne with Mr. Moe, and I learned a lot there, and then, yeah, I just went back to the trucks again, and then... I don't know. And then I started the trots, and then it just this is all led from there. I don't. I think Dad was a real pusher for me to get my trainer's license because he had that horse top trade, and we got it off uh, Mr. Parnham. And yeah, he ended up being a great horse. He obviously won my first race for me, and I think he just got sold on the English online sale for nine hundred bucks, so he doesn't have much of a life. <laughs> and then yeah, now now it's uh, taking a. Pretty a bit of a rapid rise, but yeah, you've got to you've got to put in the hard yards to get there. And there's no orphan. There's a lot of people out there working really hard too. So just what you got to do. But it's results based as well. And and of course you 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 know while you know we we commented when you were sort of chipping along there with a very small team that um, the results were coming that you were you were getting you were improving horses and getting them to f- perform at their optimum. But I suppose the real turning point for your thoroughbred training was was securing Captain Chaos and, and doing the, the amazing deeds that you that you did with him. And, it was a mate. Yeah, well. that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, um, obviously, that was, obviously, my girlfriend, Tanil, her uncle, Steve DeCampo, um, owns a horse with, um, you know, a syndicate of his mates from back in the day and obviously the passing of Trevor Roach, who did have him prior, used to, obviously, he used to, hang out with the family and I knew him and the horse 
and um, yeah, obviously I got the, the call up just because Trev was going through his cancer and um, all those sort of things back and forth and he wasn't going to have time for the horse anymore. So yeah, I sort of, everything that I've done, I've always, something's always just slipped in at the right time and I guess you've got to be grateful for those things. So, so how did the relationship with Peter's Investments, Bob, Sandra, Liam and the crew, how did that, how'd that start? Well, I had a couple of emails that I had missed prior to Mr. Peter's obviously contacting. Bob, Bob's um, going straight to your spam with that. <laughs> Jeez. No, I don't, I don't know. They've got to be high priority, Mickey. <laughs> and, but then I obviously, I obviously get along great with his grandson, Liam, and he, he was on the phone to me one morning. You've got to call him. You've got to call him now. Don't kick him out with it and all that. So obviously he had obviously the Bob Peter's written in my phone and I was, you know, Eight got it, eight got it. Don't call, don't call. And then went to call, and then don't call. And then, you know, got got the courage to call, and it was basically yeah, straight away like that. And I think uh, within that phone call, I think it was in the next sort of five to six days, I I had a load of six horses rock up. What, what's what's it? What's the? I mean, just making the phone. Like, we haven't even had the courage to get him on, even attempt to get him on the no. show. Let him alone have a private phone conversation with him, like uh, like you did. Uh, such is the aura of the of the man, Michael. But what's what's the um, I guess the pressure like of uh, of assuming one of the um, you know like training for our biggest owner? Yeah. To to be honest with you, I you know my pops a bit of a hard ass. Um, my dad's a hard ass, so at the end of the day, he's I just he's someone's grandfather, he's someone's dad, he's someone's brother, or you know he's he, he's a normal person, and I, I treat him exactly like that, and he's great to listen to. You can he's been around the track for you know how many years, and look how successful he's been. So he's no he's no nitwit. He knows what he's talking about, and he's he's really great to listen to, and. If you ever need to ask something, not only about his horses, I always ask him about, you know, you know, my horses. Like, say, comes a time, and you know, what would you do with ratings? And yeah, he's he's really good. He's always helpful. But um, yeah, just don't beat about around the bush. Just tell him the truth and just push on with it. I think he really respects that. Now you you, you chipped away with uh, won a couple of maiden races I think for for Bob originally and then obviously things really kicked into gear when you were able to go bang 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 win three three races straight with a horse by the name of Devoted, uh, including the uh, the Belmont Guineas and the and the Aquanita. Um, he's obviously heading towards the big races I, I imagine railway stakes type horse. Um, Give the give the listeners a bit of an insight into Devoted, what your plans are with him, and any other horses that we should be looking out for. Yeah, obviously he obviously come from Grant Alana and he ran third behind Treasured Star and in the Guineas and probably just wasn't wasn't there mentally with him at that time. So um, with her, sorry, I should say. So obviously I've yeah got got him off that off my own prep and he was to do what he did, but um, he's going to trial Monday and then. It'll be on the 15th of October. There's a race at Ascot, the Experian or Stakes or something like that at a 1400. And then he sort of really needs to win that to get his rating and his prize money up to, to be making sure we do get a start in those bigger races. But um, that that's where he'll be heading. Um, and, yeah, obviously Windstorm, he'll start oh, in the same a, races. a bit of a forgotten horse, Windstorm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the same races devoted. And, yeah, the chaos will be there too. So... 
It'll be hectic times ahead, but obviously, yeah, very fortunate times as well. Chaos and devoted in a photo on Railway Stakes Day for first. Who are we cheering for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, uh, I know the answer to that. <laughs> I love the Cerise and White, but the old fateful chaos. So it wouldn't really matter if I could know it. I would, uh, I would just be hoping not to wake up from the dream, I guess. <laughs> now, Michael, you obviously have a significant investment in, in harness racing. How How is the, uh, the alignment with Peter's investment? How has that impacted what you are doing in the harness racing world? Um, it, it slowed me up a lot, uh, as in just, it's not really the hours during the day, it's just more, I want to be a, a fair bit more, say, switched on towards the, the horses, um, you know, in their training and just making sure they get programmed right in, you know, making sure they're ready for the races and stuff like that. But I still love driving on the, um, the Friday night because it sort of takes away that um, that five to six hours of the, the less stress to worry about for the Saturday races in a way. But it, it's, yeah, I've, I'm not driving this Friday. I've just, I'm sort of coming to the end of it where I'm not going to say I can't be bothered, but, yeah, I just, you know, life goes on and you know, different opportunities have come my way and I've, I've got to take it while I can. In your riding career, did you ever ride a winner in the Cerise and White? had one ride for Mr. Peters, and I think it was called Majestic Prince for Ross Price on Melbourne Cup Day over 1,800, and it ran fifth. And that was the only ride I got. I remember I used to always harass Grant, um, obviously Puffer all the time for a ride, and I just I just wasn't in Mr. Peters' mojo at that time, so I never got another opportunity. <laughs> I was just thinking if you've uh, if you've got a ride in the uh, a drive, I should call mm-hmm. it in the uh, what's it called, the big race at Gloucester Park in April. Their their race is called the Nullarbor. The Nullarbor. Yeah. If you've got a so you could have a a drive in the Nullarbor, mm-hmm. a runner in the Quokka. Quokka, and then all you need to do is buy a share in a dog. <laughs> you can. Uh, well, I got I got we got shares in the dogs with um Brad, um Hilly, Stevie, and Chris. I think it's, it's one of them. I can only remember. I think it's called the Esperance King. Yeah. It goes all right, but it keeps breaking down. So Imagine that. I, yeah, I know. We'd, I don't know who's going to cough up the money for the slot. But <laughs> thing those jockeys are sort of out. Jeez, that, that could be a big 24 hours, couldn't it? Oh, Mickey G, that would be amazing. Hey, mate, I've always been fascinated. Um, what's it, What's the difference between riding a winner in the gallops and driving a driving a winner? Is it the same adrenaline? Do you get that same uh, uh, thrill? Um, and, uh, yeah, just – and and – is the driving something that you? I know you mentioned that you're thinking about winding down, but is it is it something that um, that you, is there still some things le- that you want to do in the in the harness racing world before you you transition, I guess, full time to thoroughbreds? Yeah, I, I've always said to people when they've asked me what's the difference between you know the driving and the riding, but I wish I had drove first um, and then rode. Driving's a lot more tactical than race riding. I've yeah, obviously I had that racing brain from when I rode. So then I was, I went to driving, and it's just a full. I felt useless, like I was so green out there. It's it's very tactical, um, very speed orientated. Uh, you got to, You got to know your horses like the back and hand in a trotting race. You know the breeze might be there. You know something might hand up. You got to know if they've gone a fast lead time, pull out three wide. It's 
Um, you know, you don't just go to the breeze for any reason. And, you know, at the gallops, you, you can just pop. You can let 100 to 1 go and you're a dollar four favourite and you just, you know, you just pop outside and then you win. It's it's not as, as easy as that in the trots. Um, but as in driving and riding a winner, I'd have to say training a winner is the most, yeah, satisfaction ever. Mm, yeah. When you drive a winner, it's, you know, it's great. It's, and it obviously pays a lot on who you actually drive the horse and the winner for. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just awesome, you know, for someone that doesn't really get many winners and you drive a winner for them at, say, Calibaran, you'd, you'd much more appreciate driving a winner for them than driving a Friday night winner for the same people you drive for every night because it's not as much excitement, you know. Mm. And, and that would go for everyone else. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to say that it, it's – I'd love – you know, a few jockeys haven't really – they have Christian Hawkins, like he was a good driver, but you know, not many people come over from the trots and and made it from riding to to driving. They all they went driving to obviously Puffer and Justin and that. But yeah, it's, it's very hard, I reckon. So, do you think if you so just touching on what you said at the beginning yep. of your answer, if you had have driven first, that you would have been a better jockey? Do you think? No, no. <laughs> oh. Well, I don't like from a tactical point my, of view. I wouldn't wouldn't call myself a a good jockey. I I can sit on and I can stay on the horse, but yeah. <laughs> it, um, it you know I never really rode long enough to to sort of warrant any sort of you know accomplishment in that way. Okay, but yeah, I would say it's a lot. I I wish I'd get. Yeah. I um, drove and then rode, but it could have made me better. You never know. But mm. my weight was always going to get in the way. So just. A few more things. Um, what what have you have you had to buy a property? Have you had to expand expand your operations because you've gone from basically a boutique, a really sort of small thoroughbred operation to what now training twenty horses for uh, Peter's Investments plus others. How how is that? What have you had to do to accommodate the your your new your new setup? Um, obviously, I had to put on some more staff. Yeah, <laughs> um, but um, no, I'm out at Shangri-La where um, I first started. As, as well with Mr. Parnham. Um, and he's still got the same amount and I've just built more paddocks down the back and, and cut them off. And yeah, it's, it's, I've just had to expand in that way and just put in the hard yards to make things accommodate, accommodation, sorry. Um, but it's, it's all been pretty well, but just, yeah, you just got to do it off your own back and have a crack, really. All right. Um, Terry, you want to ask Michael about his runners this weekend? Yeah, we'll have a quick chat about Well, a couple of other ones as well. Uh, Arcadia Grace. Uh, one thing that I've loved since you've taken over a few of these Cerise and White runners, and we'll talk about one in a second, a different one in a second, but um, you, you've got them to improve from from fairly accomplished trainers. Absolutely. Um, Arcadia Grace was going to be anything and then was nothing, she was I guess. <laughs> um, she's only had a couple of appearances for you, but they've, geez, they've been uh, eye-catching efforts. Uh, where is... Uh, he, she, 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 she at she. Grace, of course. I'm good with that. Um, she, she, um, after her last run, I sort of maybe thought I'd come to the end with her a little bit, just with her mannerism. So I told Mr. Peters that, and he said, okay, we'll give her a little spell because she'd been up for a while just mm-hmm. working on her. So just elected just to hold up on her because she was going well. Um, we put her back out in the paddock, but it's, I don't think I'm improving them. I just think I'm getting these horses at the right time as in maturity. Mm-hmm. Um, the same as Frigid. You know, Hayden got handballed a, a Ferrari and she wasn't matured enough when he had her. And, you know, he won a race with her. And then obviously whatever happened there happened. I'm not sure. And then I got her. And 
I was able to ride her and she just got better. So, you know, you, not say you improve them, you just, yeah, they're just, you, they're a year older and, you know, they they might be still racing the same horses as what they were last year. The other ones haven't won a race, but she was going good. But yeah, she just had to hold up on her and yeah, she probably won't be far from coming back in, I'd say. Jeez, you're modest, Mickey. He is, yeah, he's modest. So, so on Frigid, uh, well, what sort of, what sort of programming are we talking about with her? I'd have no idea. I think um, she's obviously got very straight legs in front and obviously Mr. Peters, he babies her a lot only because it's his only uh, only horse out of Fuchsia Bandana. Obviously, Mm -hmm. she died. So I think, yeah, I think he would never, ever push her to her limits because obviously with breeding, I would assume, but that's only what I'm taking out of what I can see what's happening. But um, I think she would need the softer tracks, but... Um, she'd done well this time in on the heavier tracks and, and whatnot. So, yeah, I'm not really sure what that would have in plan and, for her. And advance was uh, impressive, I thought, in the get-out stakes last last Very Saturday. Good. good win. Second up. Yeah. He um, obviously I gave him the one trial and um, I, he blew out on me with that race and I probably didn't have him fit enough, which I I realised straight away. And uh, so I went three weeks between runs with him and I, I was yeah happy to redeem myself. And um, obviously... He he, <laughs> Chris forgot to pull the first one out, so it was good that he got to the five hundred. Started angling out, I was I was wrapped with that. We'll get to uh, we'll get to that one in a second. But you got three in this weekend. Uh, in the first, you've got uh, Central Force on debut. Didn't really know what to make mm. uh, of the trials. Probably looking for uh, a little bit further at this stage. I don't think he's a six horse field. Yeah, he's a very nice horse. He's very progressive. Um, I love him. He's very laid-back, chilled sort of a customer. And um, when he sort of drew that barrier, it, it was good, I thought. So I'm more, just more looking for him to, to see where he's at with the field he's up against. But mm-hmm. um, obviously, he's going to need more ground. And he was a purchased horse from the the um, breeze-up sales over, I can't remember where he actually got him from. Um, but yeah, he's he'll whatever he does on Saturday, he's going to improve on. Uh, race six, you've got real grace. Uh, grace, grace. Mm. Uh, tough watch, uh, tough watch. First and second first up. First and second up. Yeah. Uh, it's rare you see. I, I wrote in my preview. Earlier, it's rare you see a horse sort of first up for fourteen months race on three consecutive weekends. But it's probably like she hasn't actually uh, really been to the races. She hasn't been extended to this point in time. So you've got a thousand. Uh, couple of grass gallops, really. Couple of grass gallops. A thousand <laughs> to twelve up to the fourteen hundred. Uh, any query on the fourteen hundred? Uh, if, if you go back, I, I had a deep diver and watched her two trials for you as well. And geez, every public appearance, she's just looked elite. Like obviously, she hasn't got a look at them in the last two, so she don't, we don't know how she would have let down, but you feel like she was going to really let down. She, um, I'm, yeah, she got held up, which it doesn't matter. You get a split-second decision to make, and you, sometimes you don't make the right one. He, his races haven't been run to suit um, Chris either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, there's no more point point thing. I know what it's like but when you drive. You make the wrong decision, whoopee-doo, we can go around next week. But <laughs> it's she's going good. I don't know how much scope she actually has. She worked really, really well this morning. I gave her another hit out just because we haven't been fully extended at the races. Um, but, yeah, I think 
<laughs> you know what's going to happen, don't you? Chris is going to override it, and there's the horse will go shocking. So <laughs> that's probably what's going to happen. But everything between that run's been fine. But I can't see the fourteen hundred being a problem because she doesn't really jump pull in the run, and you know Chris can hopefully expose her when he needs to, and hopefully we have the oxygen there. Yeah, well, she, it's a funny race because there's a real lack of speed in it as well. And, and the way she jumped in the trials and the fact she's up in trip, I, it's probably, I know you'd probably prefer to race her with cover, but it's not impossible. She sort of gets planted in, in, in the first few. So um, does Bob, when, he, when your horses come to him tactically, does he have much to say? Does he say, I want them? Because he's obviously seen the majority of Bobs. They're ridden with cover. He doesn't have, you don't see too many of the Cerise and White rolling out in front or being ridden them in that particular manner. Does he have much to say when it comes to tactics in that sense? He does. He likes them just to jump and muster and hold their spots. Um, he believes that at Belmont you sort of got to be on the pace. You don't really want to be back. If you're good enough, you can shoot away and, and win. Um, he believes that at Ascot you can sort of be back another pair because the swoopers, he, he loves his horses swooping. Mm-hmm. Um, he hates his horses fading on their run. So even if you run fifth and you've, you've come from last and you've made up a heap of ground, that's just what he wants to see. He doesn't want to see other horses running past him. Um, getting back to sort of saying with, with real Grace jumping, she sort of missed the kicker last two, but in her trial, she's flown the mm-hmm. gate twice. So yeah. I can't figure out what's going on, whether, whether the, the, the bombing the start to make sure she is back in the field. I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't take that on what I just said then, but I just don't know what's going on with her, you know, but, yeah, I, I think that if there's no speed and she jumped like she has been, I don't don't see the reason why she couldn't lead or sit in behind and there's yeah, there's no reason that Mr. Peters would be angry with that at all. Uh, and then race number eight, uh, your only non-Bob runner for the day. Comes a time. Uh, the Shades have gone back on. Uh, I think they thought Clint was riding Billy Ray, Billy Ray but that was yeah. a late decision to switch Billy Ray the other way. So the Pontiff goes on, but tell you what, the Pontiff's riding as well as anyone at the moment. So while it probably wasn't plan A, I don't think it's necessarily a bad plan B. Uh, as The Shades are important. I, was, I thought Comes a Time was home and hose last start. Were you, were you a touch disappointed with the final 50 metres there or am I being a little bit harsh <clears throat> it was um with the clint and um clint not riding him we had him booked at three or oh, 301 or whatever it was and then um billy ray wasn't going to the race and then yeah 10 past uh, adam obviously mcgrath called and said that they were heading that way with billy so that was 100 percent fine and then in the meantime i organized paul and then yeah then, then they called back said Billy wasn't going that way, but I said, oh, but come, we'll get us if, if it ends up, you know, taking Mr. Harvey off and putting Clint back on, and they understood that because they already committed. But that's fine. That's that's racing. It happens all the time. You're a bit so. scared of the Pontiff as well? <laughs> no way. He's, he's still the best out there. Don't you worry. <laughs> when he's on, he's on. Um, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed with um, maybe – 50 to go, but, mm-hmm. you know, Clint even admitted that he didn't see that horse coming, and I don't reckon anyone did, but he put the stick away, and, and Richie, he sort of... Richie, more, Bell's, more, Richie Bell certainly didn't. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but I wasn't even really watching because I had my other horse, Son of a God, out of the back, and I thought something seriously wrong, or went wrong with him, so I was more, you know, a bit concerned about that, and then we got beat, and then I was through with bloody toys out the cot, but... <laughs> um, 
I put the blinkers back on him, and you know the Pontus pretty good with the persuader. So yeah, just hold it flat and don't look back up the straight. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic! Looks a great race. So with comes a time. Uh, all things being equal, uh, press on towards the Hannon's handicap, perhaps. I'd say just say if he won that race with any sort of dilemma and he, he won really well, you'd maybe just skip the Hannons and maybe look at something for the Ascot Carnival, maybe just give him a, a couple, three weeks off and then go again. But, um, you know, a lot of people love to say they're going to the Hannons and don't end up going. So, yeah, we'll just have to see after Saturday. I can't really make a decision on that at the moment. It's, um, yeah, the ballpark's wide open. Well, good luck with your runners on, on Saturday, Michael. I've got two more questions for you. One, yep. can you give us one horse's name that you're very excited about moving uh, moving forward into the spring that we haven't heard of yet? Um, into the spring. Uh, you see, I like a horse called Debonair. It's one of Mr. Peters's. Yep, Debonair and Ocean Avenue. They're two of my picks. Very good. We'll put them down in our black books. And last, lastly from me, just from a training point of view, um, what have you learned the most from Bob Peters when it comes to your training? I heard a bit of a whisper that you were you were sort of a little bit easier on them that he would than he would have liked originally. Um, and then is 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 the is the getting the work into them, getting the fitness into them. What's the what's the key thing that you've learned so far from a training of thoroughbreds from Bob Peters? Well, I went to that trials the first time I had his step out and they went well. And I thought, oh, yeah, beautiful. I've got him. Went two weeks later to Pinjara and they pulled up that big. And I love to work horses. I love getting into them and whatever. So that night I got home and I harrowed my track right up and I made it real deep. And I felt they they were feeling sorry for themselves for the next week. And then I redeemed myself and... And come out a week, a week and a half later, and yeah, advanced one. Oh, we won the two during the week with two, and then we advanced one, and then devoted one. So they just kept on going. So I've learned to to work the horses and keep them happy and healthy. All in, all in a, a period of three hours and one. My first meeting of having runners for Mister Peters. There you go. Very good. Hey mate, <clears throat> really appreciate your time, Michael. One of the rising stars of the uh, of the thoroughbred training ranks and uh, absolute character. Pleasure to have you on the show. Good luck on the weekend and, and good luck with uh, with your whole operation moving forward into the rest of the year. No, anytime. Thank you very much for that. Cheers, Mickey. Yeah, mate. Okay, listeners, it is time to partner with Betfair and preview Nicopolis Stakes Day. The Mark. Nicopolis. Mark Nikovsky. <laughs> First uh, goal in the yeah. uh, grand final, wasn't he? Dynamite Mark, on that foot. Mark. Uh, Never had a hair out of place, did he? <laughs> <laughs> hey? Uh, Nicopolis Thistler. Um, it's Nicopolis Stakes Day uh, honouring one of our Hall of Fame horses, actually, from back in the day, Nicopolis. So BJ Ryan, Terry Layton, of course. We're teaming up. To record episode 141 of the 1-1, your West Australian racing podcast, it is just after 12 p.m. noon uh, on Thursday the 15th. Just in case anyone thought it was midnight. <laughs> <laughs> on Thursday the 15th of September. Northern oh, today, which is not far from mean. starting, actually. Yeah. Ter- Terry's going to back the card, of course. Yeah. Uh, Belmont and uh, Mount Magnet Cup Day this Saturday. Boulder Cup Day on Sunday, and uh, Evelina, of course, will be wearing the famous 1-1 racing colours. 
<laughs> what are you laughing? Because uh, the famous part, I thought that was quite good. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah uh, Evelina will be representing um, one one and some um, some of our friends there mm-hmm. at Calgary. Will that? We'll tell everyone when to pull the trigger. Not yet. Yes. I don't think. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Cannon's uh, day. Uh, we're going to get some. Yeah. Some mean tweets if she happens to get up. But uh, anyway, what, uh, stay tuned, eh? Yeah, stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the market. City meets, get out, stakes, competition. Uh, and it's week three um, of our uh, Media Mogul Mastermind Friss Award. Tournament. Award? Uh, <laughs> tournament. Um, where we will see Brittany Taylor. Back from Mykonos yeah. on Nicopolis weekend. Isn't that fitting? Mm. Both very Greek names. Coming up against our international competitor. He's going to see how y'all are doing <laughs> from, from America <laughs> in uh, Mr. Adam McGrath, Glenn's younger brother. USA. USA. Yeah, a bit of, bit of Mason Cox action. Um, so I believe Adam will be wearing the wraparound sunnies as well <laughs> for the uh, wraparound <laughs> spectacles. Now, um, serious question. Mm. Would you rather win the Quokka? Yep. The Nullarbor, yep. The Sand Groper, mm-hmm. or the Friss? Uh, <laughs> well, um, yeah, it's obviously the Friss. Yeah, or the if if you include it as an option, obviously the free entry to Belmont Park <laughs> any week would be number one. So. Uh, ding ding What's happening in the in the world of Betfair? Betfair.com.au. Um. Sorry, have you been on the to- have you been on the, the giddy up with Gareth? <laughs> yeah, I was on yesterday. We nearly yeah. nearly went a clean sweep yesterday. We what do we tip? Uh, Ruby Noir, never sober. Mm. Got not beaten by Sessions Peak and uh the Quinella, Galaxy Affair and uh Lord Gannicus. Uh, mm-hmm. I was actually really keen Galaxy Affair. So little trumpet. Marked them equal favourites. Lord Gannicus started the dollar sixty. So well done, Terry. First of all, I've got a speed man. You feel like racing made sense just for just for a little period there. Mm. But um that's it. That's all I've got for you. <laughs> <laughs> so Terry's been making regular appearances on Gareth's. Terry back to rare winner, and he wants <laughs> to tell everyone <laughs> instead of instead of uh, promoting everything to do with Betfair. Oh, Terry's shit. talking about himself again. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> uh, um, I, I hate me too. So don't worry if you're listening. It's so the uh, so yeah, Gareth Hall has of course joined the uh, Sen family. He's got his uh, he's got his own show, uh, Giddy Up with Gareth. And Terry makes regular appearances, and uh, many a moral is to be uh, uncovered there with uh, Giddy Up with Gareth and the Guru. They told me I were calling me at nine, and I thought, right, that's no worries. And then finally goes off at seven. Ah, it's Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, so still catching Z's at seven. It'll be going off. What at do you s- want? It'll be going off at six soon. <clears throat> Terry. Oh, is it a? We got the old um, can't be far daylight, away, can it? The daylight saving. Mm. Yeah, right. Can't be far away. Uh, that's something to look forward to. Do, uh, do, do right. like do like that time of the morning. So, Nicopolis Stakes Day, Saturday, the 17th of September. Um, and before we embark on our preview, it is time for the Belmont Track Report, track report brought to you by Witten's Irrigation and Design, whether it's racetrack, residential, or commercial, water wisely with Witten's. Terry, what, what can you tell us about the, uh, the Belmont Park I'm, setup? This, I'm absolutely. Uh, dogged of talking about the Belmont Park setup, but the last five, six meetings, whether the rail's been at True or 20, um, close to the fence on speed has been beneficial. I think last week, everyone, I think there was a, there's a big feeling last week it was a major on pace rail day as well, and I think it was probably better, but I think it was very horse-related last week as well. So, um, yeah, I just, just keep allowing for the same, that it's not going to be that easy to make ground. I think in race two we'll talk about a horse called Henchard who mm-hmm. would probably be very popular with a lot of punters, but it's probably going to get back, so do you want to be diving into it? So that'll be the common theme 
um, throughout this preview, I'd say. Right, rails as out. in most previews. Rails out six meters from the sixteen hundred to the four hundred meter mark, and then tapers back into three meters for the remainder. Uh, weather's max uh, maximum of twenty two. Sunny, light winds. We had a bit of rain um, uh, over the last seven days from yesterday. Not a lot today. We got a, a little bit coming. I think not not significant. So uh, hopefully we can get a sort of a five six closer to a five come uh, bounce down. Mm. On. Well, it should be a four five, shouldn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's just playing worn, so it's yeah. never a four. So I think allowing for just a mid-range five, they won't irrigate. Could even be dry-ish mm. to some degree because we're not going to get – we may not get another drop of rain in the 48 hours preceding. So yep. interesting. See how we go. Um, all right, race one. See, this is this is, this mm. is what it's all this about. This is what gets people there, 12.04 p.m. 12.04 p.m. Do you know how much you have to pay to get in? Tell me. Three. Oh, Nothing. Outrageous. Yeah. Free entry to Belmont Park handicap. 1300 meters back where it belongs. Mm. Race one. It should be. I don't understand. Race was, eight. Who's turning know. up at race eight? <laughs> what were they thinking last week? I don't know. Crazy. I don't know. Absolute don't craziness know. there uh, out at uh, headquarters. But mm. yeah, race one, of course, the free entry to Belmont Park. It's a very small three row plate over the 1300 meters. Is that the trophy? Meters. Just a small plate. Just a small plate. Mm. Um, what was, the, what was the plate that Cripper uh, and Dane won at the Guru Christmas party? <laughs> uh, the ceramic plate. <laughs> the ceramic plate. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've got six runners to uh, to face the uh, starter here. Saloon Bar coming off its uh, maiden victory uh, nine days into this race. Santoro was, was really good behind Baby Paris first up. Um, last start. Then we've got two uh, of Bob's, uh, Cerise and White's. Classic Encounter and Central Force, and two from the Pierce brothers who are uh, the um, doing tremendous things at the moment with their team, mm. Terry. Yeah, no, they can't lose at the minute, can mm. they? No. Uh, incredible stuff. Yeah, it's a, only a small field, but it's a, it's a good little field. Um, I'm really focused on the two tried uh, tried runners with the best form lines in Santorio and Saloon Bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Classic Encounter, really interesting in the markets this morning, has been sort of, let me just get it up, three bucks into about 240, I think. Or did I open? So I'm just looking at sports, but open 330, it's into 250, which I found extremely interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether that was, yeah, what that money's based on, I don't know exactly. Uh, trial was good enough. I thought the trial behind hang glider back in June was also good yeah, enough. Yep. Um, we'll get a bit of a line through here for checks who was up behind them, sort of held up for a run behind Classic Encounter, but just naturally. That was racing at Northern today. Northern yeah. today, sorry, yeah, in, in the second. Uh, just naturally, um, I think Classic Encounter will end up in the breeze outside Santorio here in a slowly run race. It's, it's never easy to win on debut over 1,300 metres when you might have a horse like Saloon Bar on your rear. So mm-hmm. I'm, I've am i marked Classic Encounter $8. It's just the way I'm approaching this race. I'm not going to give the Cerise and White. They've, they've lost, I said this to you, they've lost a little bit of that fear factor for mm-hmm. me. But it could brain them. I, I simply don't know how good the horse is. So um, in saying that, I'm uh, 250 versus 290 Saloon Bar into Santorio. So I think Santorio will be the bet for me here. Um, I think they can go forward, control the race. It's a horse that's been littered with bad luck yeah. um, and bad barriers throughout its career. It actually jumps really well. Um, go to the top, the, the yard's flying. Um, and has, nice- it, has it led before, Santorio? No, no never it's, has. It's no. box-seated before, hasn't it? Uh, it has uh, once early in its yeah. career. But most of its wins have been coming from last. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's a really, really nice horse. So I think if Brad can rack him and, and get going at the right time, um, Saloon Bar's still got a few tricks. That maiden win at Northern was, was good, but it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris obviously had a little bit... 
still under the hood, but uh, he changed legs and, yeah, you can just tell he still does just a little bit wrong. So in saying that, I'm surprised that saloon bars above my price as well at the mm. moment. So, yeah, look, they're, they're sort of $2.80 versus $4. Where I'm looking at the moment, um, yeah, and I said I'm $2.50 versus two ninety. so I don't really know how I want to play it. It's, it's not really a back-and-save type price with a – Sort of a, a complete unknown in the race. So, but yeah, very much those two. Maybe a Quinella bet, even. Mm. Yeah. I'm pretty I, confident that'll be the one, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm going to stick with Saloon Bar. Obviously, um, got a little bit wrong uh, on debut, made it made it my best, and um, just uh, just thought talent-wise would, would find a way. But obviously, the in, in, inexperience, um, which was on display that, that day, and then at Northern the other day, as, as Terry said, it was sort of, he did it. That was just, you know, it was a pretty crazy sort of win. But at the same time, he he it wasn't a ultra professional win. So he's um he's just yeah he's obviously just got a lot of talent. But he's um, on a steep learning curve at the moment. The blinkers went on the other day. He jumped, began really well, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him begin first here. Um, it'd be interesting to see what what Chris does tactically with Saloon Bar, but if he jumps first and Santorio comes across and then um, Classic Encounter works forward with Santorio, then 1-1 one, one Saloon Bar with the blinkers on, travelling strong, peeling and accelerating, I think he's just going to be really hard to hold out. So I was Saloon Bar clearly on top, but I was hoping for a bit more like 280. I wonder if I'm going to get that. Saloon Bar. Yeah. Yeah, right. I wonder if I'm going to get that on. Uh, I thought it would just be Gulp dollar ninety. Like it's yeah. one of those ones that I'm now looking at, going, "Oh, what do I, what do I do here? How do I play this race?" So, yeah, um, I'd be su- very surprised. That's not the first two. Yeah, but also respect. I don't, I don't know where the money's come from though for a classic encounter. Yeah, I'd be interested to see. I know classic encounter work forward and sat outside leader in its latest trial. They're going to walk this. This will yeah. be a very slowly run race. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, my concern with Saloon Bar especially if it doesn't step cleanly. And Central Force seem to step okay. Yeah. Um, but the Pierce pair don't seem to step all that cleanly. Manhattan Strip does actually. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be holding leaders back. But it does look like the one one should be there for Saloon Bar. It should be there. But but if you don't step that cleanly and you're behind one like that and Santorio accelerates to the right time, can you make up three lengths on Santorio on a day? Where it's likely going to be that you want to be on speed in a slow, and this is going to be a slow there on race. So yeah, and comes also interesting. Brad Parnham leading as well. He can he can he can get them to walk. <laughs> yeah. He can get them to walk if as long really, as he accelerates really at the right time. Right Santorio is tough. Its yes. wins have been sustained runs wide. Even its first start run it was under the stick on the turn and sort of was coming at Baby Paris again late. So yeah. I don't know if it'll be in Santorio's best interest to go too slowly. I think Classic Encounter is a nice horse. It's Piero out of an Oaks winner, First Impressions. Um, so you imagine that it's uh, with time he should develop even further. But I don't, I'm not sure he can sit outside leader or she can sit outside leader rather. And um, That'd be a huge debut to be two very smart. Yeah, uh, breezing outside leader with Saloon yep. Bar breathing down its neck and Santorio cruising along in front. So, um, yeah, interesting that interesting the market moves currently 240 and shortening as we're recording. But for me, I think Saloon Bar will, uh, will get the chockies. Yeah, I'm going to tip the Cornella. Mm-hmm. I'm actually not going to – yeah, I'm going to – just looking at the prices and the fact that they've – Got one so short that I'm happy to take on. I'm going to tip the Quinella one and two. I reckon we can get if that stays around that price, we should get four bucks. Okay, very good. Which I've probably priced a dollar eighty. Race two is the Tab Touch West Speed Platinum Handicap, fourteen hundred meters, fifty eight plus with a minimum of fifty four kgs. Terry's already mentioned Henchard uh, in our Witten's track report earlier. Now um, this horse ran 
two listed placings behind Tricks of the Trade and Rockinori, respectively, in lead-ups to the WATC Derby in the autumn. His first up run over 1,200 metres was very encouraging, hit the line nicely with CJP in the saddle there uh, in a midweek Class 3. Um, heads to this race, second up, 1,400 metres. But gate seven of nine is of interest. Do they push forward, Terry? Is there a spot for them, or do they take their medicine and go back? Uh, well, slowly run races, there doesn't tend to be spots. That's probably the, the biggest thing um, I look at in a race like this. If you had a tearaway leader and that can break the field open and, and make those spots, but at loose you'll just sort of amble out with Vogue's choice, uh, likely lead. I think see why we are from the wide gate, they'll come across and probably look for the breeze. Um, but obviously Jason Miller, Adam Durant, they'll probably know each other's sort of thought process. So maybe Henchard could go forward he, yeah, and he, go he to the breeze. He, he's a go-forward horse when he wants, yeah, he wants to be. Yeah, exactly right. So it's – yeah. It's all tactically in that sense what's going to happen. This is a race I'm not too perturbed about getting involved in just because of that. It looks messy to me. Um, but, yeah, Henchard's the obvious on topper. But just on map and, and whatnot, it's a little bit sticky in saying that. I'm surprised Henchard because I, I just expected Henchard to be a clear. Super short? Clear, not super short. Mm. Um but to be a clear favourite. So it's actually third favourite at the time of, of recording, which interests me. In saying that, you've got three horses between 280 and 350, so mm -hmm. it's not exactly an overly enticing market. But I was more like 320 Henchard, so can justify a bet at the current price, um, but I'm not I'm not diving to get in. I reckon one that can run a race, uh, it's probably a run or two short. I just thought I saw a little bit in tin snips last 200 metres behind Rejuva King, ran the fifth quickest last two. Uh Back to a 58 plus is wild stuff. It lands mm -hmm. on the back of, probably lands on the back of Vogue's choice. Um, it jumped really well the other day, actually. And it did jump yeah. really well the other day. So I look back on a little bit of firmer going. It, it ran some shockers. It ran three or four, like beaten five, 10, 15, 20 lengths for Adam. And then it just started turning up. So if, if this is the start, it turns up, you might, you know, in, in, a, in a pretty thin race, you might be, I don't know, you might be at Jackson 40s, 50 to 1. But um, I'd be. I'd still be quite surprised, mm. but uh, just in a race where nothing excites too much. Henshard goes on top, but whether I have a bet or not, I don't know. Yeah, all three of those fancies are a bit short for mine. See why we are. Back in tin snip too? Vogue's choice, Henshard. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> no t oh, well, maybe if it's wild, bet fair, maybe. Um, we'll see. But um, It's already 40 to 1. Yeah. That's not wild enough. Maybe. You, you need a bit more wildness. <laughs> Wow, um, this, ho this horse is uh, one of the um, more frustrating horses in Western Australia, but uh, if there's a blowout, I reckon it's going to be number five, Dad, Dad's Big Headed first up. Mm, good trial. Good trial. Um, it's going to get the, the run for, for Pete. Maybe, but sometimes it can settle further back than you want it to, Dad's Big Headed, but just like the way it hit the, hit the line. Trial for um, being Frank by Galaxy Affair winning yesterday. Exactly, that was the sort of the line. Another that I was opportunity through. to get that in the um, yes, in the <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, if you if you're looking for something just a bit a bit away from those three oh, sort of three dollar yeah. pops, then Dad's Big Headed would be the one for mine. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't realize the price actually. That's mm. quite a uh, reasonable number. I do think the three. I think the yeah. winner very likely comes from the three favourites, sure. but yeah. uh, they're uh, they're grouped very tightly. Yeah, I was thirteen dollars. Dad's Big Headed, so. Slightly above my price, but yeah, not a race I'm too keen on. I do like quite a few yeah, races, I, I betting was, races uh, on the card. It was twelve dollars. Dad's big headed, yeah, so he, he sort of just shuffled in his way yeah. up to fifteen dollars. Uh, with Lucky Nucky in the uh, pigskin race three is the Barley Wayne Pugh handicap over twelve hundred meters. This is the graduation sixty plus on the ratings and with a minimum of fifty four kgs. Um, we had a chat off air about a runner in this race. 
um, who I guess we thought there might have been a little bit of juice in the market, but um, it appears as though most of the market makers and the um, and the street operators were uh, onto it as well. Number three, Carly's Karma first up for new trainer Summer Dixon. Um, just out of interest, what price did you mark Carly's Karma, and what what did you think that she would go up in this race? Well, it's a pretty competitive market to some mm. degree. Ain't no other man. Agent J, I reckon, finds the rail. Reign of Fire is a super horse off seven days back to 1,200. Kicker Gold Sun's naturally popular and real, real dangerous. Danger, yep. CJP and um, the Cerise and White from a reasonable gate and probably lands 1-1. One, one. So I thought it was a pretty competitive market race. Um, I marked Carly's Karma $3.40 thinking I was being aggressive. Mm. And it was the one I wanted to be on. So, um, yeah, very surprised. Brad went up 270, and I thought that was just a sign that Brad was keen, uh, which is fair enough. Um, but everyone then everyone sort in. of, yeah, chimed in and followed suit. So perhaps I was just not aggressive enough with my marking. But just where it gets to in the run, I think it's going to be – like I'm, I've obviously wanted to tip this as one of my better bets of the days, but now I'm going to be devil's advocate and tell yeah. you why it might be a risk at 260 is that um, I just think it probably was, gets three, it three, three pairs back. If it was 360. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well – even then, I wouldn't be like I thought. I was, as I said, I thought I was aggressive with three forty. I thought I was a chance of seeing four fifty or something. Mm. So, um, does she have a does she have a spike rating or anything like that? Like from I don't think so. Yeah. No, I mean a lot of this is her trial against Lord yeah, Gannicus. She, Lord Gannicus didn't she, win, but she, was super. She won first up, uh, last prep. Should have won up, second up. Belmont twelve hundred meters. Yeah, um, should have won second up, last prep as well. Yeah, she's got five points or six points from placing in listed races or sixty six pluses. That's mm -hmm. something I don't like. So she's gained three kilos from running third to Son of a God in a grandstand and third to uh, Lipstick Flickers, I think, in the. Uh, in the opponent. Pearl. In the yeah. Pearl, was it? Yeah, in the Pearl. So, um, but yeah, the trial was 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 huge. Um, yeah, just some concern she could get cluttered away in a horse like Agent J or ain't another man. They're the two I mark second and third favourite, mm -hmm. purely on map and the way the track could play. Um, but yeah, look, I'm, I'm just going to hold fire and hope Carly's Karma gets out to 350 plus. That's that's my plan here. I, I want to be on her. Yeah, me too. I want to be on her. Yeah. So, but what price do you mark her? I was a flat three dollars actually. Yeah, right. least, yeah. I, I, I've just been too defensive clearly in my marking. So interesting, but easily money could come for a bunch of these, you know. So yeah, I, I, I surely wouldn't be taking the two sixty as your best price. Mm. Surely, I think you're right. The it's going to have to with her being the price she is. There's going to have to be some support for others. Um, I'll look around her. If she starts 260, I'll, I'm happily, I'm happy to back around her. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'll look at one of the on speed runners, as I said. Who leads, do you think? Agent J will find the fence. Yeah, what, you, um, what will they do with Vina Volts? Vina. They'll want to go forward. It just doesn't jump all yeah. that well. Its recent trial was incredible, to be yeah. honest with you, under a hold against Cupnaught and, uh, and Rock and Rupert. So it was a, it was a great trial, but uh, Wiener Waltz has to sort of muster to get there. So I've got Agent J leading, ain't no other man, ends up in the breeze. Yeah. I think Wiener Waltz probably just sits three deep. No cover, to be honest with you. One, one important thing is that the other day, <clears throat> ain't no other man got gunned down late. Um, Slowly run race, had the breeze. Let's go, but also he's 35 days between runs. Mm -hmm. So he's um, uh, two weeks between runs and a bit of gear adjustment too. We've got the lugging bit on and the tongue tie. Oh, sorry, not the lugging bit. Sorry, crossover noseband is on and the lugging bit is on as well. So I just think you'll be a bit fitter with that with that yeah. uh with that hard run breezing last start. So Holly he, Watson he, for cash as well. He won't be he won't be a little he upgrade. won't be a pushover if he lobs in the breeze. So nah. um, clear second pick. Yes. Yeah. Clear second pick. So um yeah. Uh, the only reason I've sort of mentioned Agent J a few times is I'm expecting a real wobble in mm. price. And I I think with this current Belmont track, if you get a crazy wobble about the horse, do you think we'll find the top? And you think it's going okay and you can see $18 each way, you, you sort of just sometimes you just throw 
luck out the window and, and just back your your leader each way if you get that wild price. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, look, want to want about Carly, but I'm not taking under three fifty. Okay, very good. Uh, Carly's come up for me. Anything above three dollars will will do me. You don't uh, think real danger is any good? I don't know. Like I think I've I initially. I initially um, threw out of my market completely, and then I was like, "Okay." I went back and and instead of just 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 having that one look, I did a little bit of a bit of a deeper dive, and yeah, I just yeah, just respect for um, her her best performances and the fact that she's gone Taj Dyson, Luke Campbell, Turks, and Johnston Porter. Um, I think is a is a positive, and I think from five can take up a, a, a good spot just tucked in behind him. Do you know how CJP can be like what he did on? It's going to be one one. Yeah, it'd be like he did on that horse of pierces that you um, might have supported yesterday. Mm. Um, that was a good result. Uh, <laughs> real, uh, he might have been that kind of position. Sort of might be forgotten a little bit by the market, just, and then all of a sudden. So, did you rate the horse or not? <laughs> I marked uh, real danger ten dollar chance. Oh, did you? Yeah, I found it very hard to mark real danger. Yeah, yeah what you have? 750. Yeah. But, yeah, interesting. Very interesting runner is real danger. So, mm. yeah. Jeez, I thought you'd have been like four or five bucks, Carly. Interesting, 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 interesting. Often a sign that um, I shouldn't back it if they're going to go around well below my price. Well, obviously, you shouldn't back it if they're going around below your price, but um, interesting. Fascinated. Yeah. I, so I who's, who's, your, who's your second pick in the market? Ain't no other man. What price? 650. Okay. Um, yeah, I was six thirty eight. No, must have had some others tight. Agent J, real danger around seven fifty eight bucks. Yep, kick a goal, rain of fire twelve, and the rest. Mm, Long ways. Yeah. yeah, Kira's only got one ride for the day. Desert Thorn. It's going to go around a thousand to one. Good luck. Good luck to Kira. Right. Saving her winners for Sunday. <laughs> yes, race four is the Ascot Racing Carnival handicap over the one thousand metres. It's a ratings sixty six plus. Um, Rock and Rupert, interesting runner. First upper from the Sean and Jake Casey Yard. Always kind of well regarded, bit of a spruik around for this horse. Uh, one on debut, uh, one subsequent with William Pike on board as well. Its last two runs before spell weren't ideal, but his two trials, two Belmont 1,000-meter trials um, have been um, have been pretty smooth leading into this assignment. Gate two, 54 and a half with Jordan Turner in the saddle. But there's some race fit in form 1,000-meter um, competitors, ratings race horses going around. So um, it's going to be an interesting little race. Yeah, it is. That's the interesting uh, runner is Rock and Root, but I'm sort of happy to just take it on yep. at this point in time. Um, I think these type of runners with a few tricks and we don't know how good it is either. I think all in all, what price is it now? Around five bucks. Five bucks so yeah. I, I think if you take them on the majority of the time, you'll probably it'll probably be beneficial for your for your bottom line, I'd suggest. But a very simple one for me. I'll go the ways of Leeds. Um, State of Power is on its back. Dance Cocky will be in the breeze. It'll be the first horse beaten back to a thousand. I think it won't be able to go with them over a thousand. It'll stop on Pixie Chicks and um, State of Power will be in front sprinting past Olga Louisa and the, the rest of them are going to have to run a last two against uh, State of Power. I don't think they can. So State of Power is close to the best of the day, I reckon. Okay. It's just a simple map bet. Olga Louise wobbles too, so maybe Holly can stay on the fence if that's a nice spot to be. Um, but, yeah, it's just drawn 8, 11, 9, 9. It's the last four. It's been super tough, super yeah. brave. Little weight swing towards Ghost Two Walks, little weight swing towards Pixie Chicks. But it ran a quicker last two than Pixie Chicks last start and it led and Pixie Chicks had cover. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's gone really good. Off to, It's raced off seven days twice his campaign. A bit of second, a bit of merit, and second to someone else. I don't have that in front of me. 
Um, but Ghost yeah, of Orcs, yeah. Yeah, might have been Ghost of Orcs. So, um, yeah, it's just a simple map bet. I'm about $2.50. State of power. First time I backed at this campaign, I think. Yeah, right. Okay. So, pretty keen. Very good. Yeah, yeah mare, easy race. Mare in form. Uh, just at the prices, I think I'll be having something on Rock and Rupert. I wasn't expecting to see such a difference between State of Power and Rock and Rupert. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can understand exactly why with the guru just outlining the map and how expected. But if Rock and Rupert- saying that, Rock and Rupert should be three of the fence. Yes, that's so, what I mean. That's what I'm saying. State of Power. Right, if Geordie plays his cards right, follows State of Power, gets dragged into the race, gets last crack at her, then a potentially fresh Rock and Rupert, $5, $6 plus, would uh, that'd do the job for me, I think. Few tricks, Rock and Rupert, mm. um, but definitely, yeah, definitely. There's some talent the, there. I think if I'm well, I think Pixie Chicks is a clear second elect in my market. Yep. Especially the way the Pont's riding at the moment, um, but the yeah, the one horse that I don't it could has the potential to blaze you is is Rock and Rupert definitely. But yes. Fuck it, I'll take it on. Okay. Fuck it. All right, let's take a break because uh, we've got our W Racing. I think you're going to say we've got our toasties. Media mogul mastermind tournament. It's uh, Brittany Taylor, Heat 3, Brittany Taylor versus Adam McGrath. We'll be back soon. Okay, BJ, it's now time for the Mundaring Hotels WA Racing Media Mogul Mastermind competition. The Triple M. Yes. The, the Friss. <laughs> the Friss, of course. Um, our friends up at the Mundaring, they've been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. There's a northern meeting on today, Guru. So uh, anyone's heading to and from northern, drop in and see the publican, Ian Butchie O'Connor, or if you're just in the neighbourhood this weekend, say good day. let him know that you listen to the 1-1. Uh, red carpet treatment all the time up there at the Mundaring. Feed, flat up, froffies. Big deck. Uh, go check out Butchie and his crew up there at the Mundaring. Some funny things happening at Northern as well, BJ. Yes. You see what happened a couple of weeks ago? Tell me. Surveillance one by four and a half. How did you go yesterday? Went super. Yeah. I think he missed the kick, was wide the trip and ran fourth. Oh, I yeah. couldn't believe it when he ran fourth. Yeah. So, different horse. So, yeah, yeah, he'll be looking at some big races, Camp, I suspect. Cam's on fire. Cam's mm. on fire. But we got some, uh, we got a couple of heavy hitters on the show today, we do. Guru. What do we, should we bring him in? Bring him in. All the way from the United States of America. It's one of WA Racing's original moguls, one of the one of the WA Racing's favourites, the OGs. It's like Ad- Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Adam McGrath, welcome to the show. Gentlemen, privilege, privilege to be on the show. And just quickly, I don't know if it's known, but I'm, I'm a Mundaring lad. That's where my childhood was, and I've been there plenty of times, and I will back up. That is a great establishment and strongly encourage everybody to go. Very good. Very good. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Hills, are you Hills crew, Adam? Yeah, yeah. I was in Mundaring until I was 18. Nothing more I like than driving 35 minutes before you even hit Midlands, one of my favourite <laughs> places in the world. <laughs> That's great. Hey, uh, Adam, mate, how, uh, mate, you've been on some adventures since you left Western Australia. I think it was uh, Victor, Melbourne and Adelaide, and now you're uh, all the way over in the US of A. Uh, how's life treating you? You're a busy guy and you're still heavily involved in uh, in the racing game, of course. Yeah, it's going great, mate. I can't complain at all. I was, as you said, lucky enough to go to um, Adelaide and Melbourne with uh, racing.com and then Made the move to America and TVG now, um, which is run by Fandle, um, were able to contact me and uh, hire me to do some Australian work there and doing Hong Kong. And this morning I was doing Great Britain and France and uh, a few others. So it's been a great opportunity. And uh, they fly me back to Australia for the, the championships and for the Everest, which is nice. So definitely can't complain. And still great to be involved in WA racing, obviously uh, looking after CJP 
and also JT is still having a few horses out there just to uh, keep in touch because it is still definitely my favourite place in the world to be involved in racing. Now, Adam, uh, we'd love to get you on the show to have an extended chat with you actually because I imagine you've got some great stories to tell from your adventures over the last few years, but you did say you were flying back for the championships. Any chance we can get you back in Perth for the Quokka? Tell you what, isn't that a big announcement uh, today that we saw the old Quokka? Where did this come from? What, what do you reckon about the name, first of all? Forgetting, forgetting everything else, but the name, Look, the Quokka. The name's not great. Um, I understand it's a very friendly animal that everybody wants some pictures with. I yes. still feel like we could have done more with it. But I think even with a bad name, the prize money is going to be good enough that everybody gets over that very quickly. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Let's do the travel. We'll go to GP Friday. I don't know, up, but do you walk around with a Quokka trophy to win? Or like <laughs> There's a lot get, of selfies. Like, you know, like the old Commonwealth Games when they gave you a platypus? Do you get a Quokka, like, stuffed toy? And I reckon they'll be more concerned about the two and a half million bucks they probably get for first prize, to be honest with you, than the, uh, than the $20 trophy. You can tell I know I'm not going to be winning the race. <laughs> I hope, uh, I hope, um, hope Rotto's, uh, the weather's kind to us because there'll be plenty of adventures to to Roto while uh, in the week leading up to the mm. Quokka. But, um, yeah, it's a bit of a hectic morning in, in West Australian racing. So um, let's get a comment from our next mogul because I'm sure she'll be very interested to tell us her thoughts on the Quokka. It's none other than Brittany Taylor. Welcome back to the country, Brittany. Thanks for having me. Yes, exciting announcement this morning. What uh, What do you think? Well, firstly, $4 million slot race. That's uh, mm. very exciting for WA. When I first was listening to the names be read out, I thought, oh, the, the trucks might have got us. No, the dogs might have got us with the Sangro. The Sangro, I thought yeah. That was, yeah. The Sangro I really like the yeah. ring of that. But yeah. I must admit, now that I've thought about it, and you mentioned you know, the week leading up to be in Rotto, I'm thinking there is so much marketing that can be done around Rottnest Island. Yes. and uh, barrier draw can be conducted there and I just from that perspective I'm imagining the imagery and the marketing hat is on and uh, I think it, it, there's plenty that can be done with it. Yes, 100%. As, uh, as Terry said, there's going to be lots of Quokka selfies uh, with uh, many a racing participant um, in April next year. And but the, race, yeah. the race itself is 1,200-metre weight for age? 1,200 metre weight for age, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So um, $4 million, uh, 14 runners, $200,000 a slot. So, um, yeah, Party time. yeah t- Team Taylor. Surely with team that prize money, they put Brit on the horseback. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Who <laughs> <Pretty> knows? <nice. laughs> hey, Brit, how, you've, you've just got back, come back from a well-earned holiday. How was uh, – how was where were you, Mykonos? Yeah, Mykonos in Italy. I have a newfound uh, respect for freshen up in a form guide because it can do the world of good after <laughs> win- winter has been a little bit of a, a drag and then you have a little freshen up, come back, and then all of a sudden there's, you know, springs on our doorstep. It's exciting announcements and everything and uh, the good horses are coming back. There's yeah, still that's... a week and a half left at Belmont, so you should have you should have stayed for another week and a half, yeah, I reckon. Right. You just timed it for Ascot. <laughs> I should have. Kalgoorlie then Ascot. Well, that, I think that's the surveillance strategy, wasn't it? Freshen up up on the crayfish right. coast, get some warm weather on your back and back to yeah. Perth and hit the ground running. Hey, some funny old things happening. Yeah, so, so, the- did you get to see surveillance from uh, – you were in Greece at the time. Yeah. You, you didn't get to see the race? Or you didn't? You probably didn't want to see the race, did you? I was honestly so switched off from racing for that two weeks. I, I didn't even remember that it was going around and uh, – I had no reception at the time, and all of a sudden, I'm getting messages. I got a message from you, Terry, uh, mm-hmm. the good horse, and <laughs> I'm getting all these messages saying, "What just happened? Sorry, what?" I'm thinking, "Hang on, hang on, hang on. Surely, 
surely this couldn't have happened. And sure enough, when I got into some reception, I hit refresh and I honestly thought I'd had one too many limoncellos because four and a half lengths was not what I was expecting. Right, he's run the quickest last 200 after absolutely uh, bowling him along as well. So I'll tell you what. Well, what a story. Sign him up for the quokka. Yeah, sign him up for the quokka. How many how many little group chats with all the horses people owned this morning are getting yeah. to sign him up for the quokka joke? You're yeah. Be, uh, yeah. Oh, but <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, uh, surveillance is symptomatic of the, the stable as a whole, Brittany. You must mm. be really pleased with uh, uh, Lockie and your dad and all the crew there at uh, Team Taylor Racing Stables. You guys are in a bit of form. It's good. Yeah, it's been a really nice run, and I've been lucky enough that I own – a number of them that have won in the last sort of three weeks. So uh, it doesn't always happen that way. So when it does, you sort of take it with both hands because, yeah, it's been a, a nice little month. Hey, Brit- Sorry, Brittany, I couldn't really hear you over the trumpet there. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brit- hey Brit- before we get into the before we get into the tournament, the uh, the media mogul mastermind tournament. Fris. The Fris. Tell us what happened in the mounting yard last Saturday. I only caught a snippet of it on Twitter. What was what happened? Some a gentleman just just assumed that he owned enticing. Is that what happened? Oh, it's it's the most bizarre situation. He we were all getting the owner's photo as you do, and you know it's quite a rush thing because they're trying to hold the horse together for enough for Western Race Fix to quickly snap a photo. And I looked across at this man. And I thought, I don't know who you are. And he was a Russian man who spoke only broken English. And I asked the other owners, I said, is he with any of you? And they said, no, he's not with us. And I kind of recognized him from about a month ago. Honeydew had a photo and he led Honeydew in. And we just assumed he was one of the owners. And we asked all the owners and none of them know who he is. He's just a random punter who had a fill up and just decided to go and lead the horse. And all he said to me was, I had 1,000 on, I got 12,000 back. And that was a bit. And he thought it was Get him on the podcast. The <laughs> oh, that's elite. How have I not heard that? Yeah, and by the way, he's taken unders. I think it was over 20 to 1. Oh, who, um, who is this mystery man? We need to track that's incredible. him down. A, How good. Yeah. He's a Russian man, and I spoke to the owners only crew who, uh, you know, hold the ownership area. Apparently, he's been given fake names at the ownership desk for months to try to get in and get a free drink. <laughs> that's, that's elite. That's elite. They should name him for the, the slot race after him. That's great. That is fantastic. <laughs> hey, uh, they, they just when they thought that they'd um, chased all the characters out of uh, out of WA racing, we've got our mystery Russian a punter. Yeah, I don't mind good. that. Yeah. If you win over five figures, you get to lead the horse in. That should be a rule. You should get to go on the ownership photo. <laughs> Push all the owners out of the way. <laughs> oh, shit, oh, that's, that's awesome. Great. Never a dull moment, is yeah. it? It's great. I want to see him try again a Cerise and White photo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Move aside, Uncle Bob. Uh, that would be, that would be, the day that he steps up and uh, starts uh, getting interviewed by Scotty or Brittany, that's uh, that's the day when uh, <laughs> that, that'll be Christmas. So, all right, let's get into it. Brittany and Adam, your names are your buzzers to be crowned this week's winner of Heat 3 of our Media Mogul Mastermind Tournament. You will need to be the first person to answer four questions correctly. All righty. Brittany Taylor, are you ready? I'm ready. Adam McGrath, are you ready? Ready. Three, two, one. All right, we're going to start with the who am I this week, guys. I debuted after 
The 2015 Karakata Plate, winning my first three starts in a canter. My final race was in late 2020, when running last in the Asian Bow Stakes. I amassed a tick over a million bucks prize money in a third. So what was that? Did I hear something then? No. Okay. Go. Oh, geez, controversy early. Uh, I amassed a tick over a million bucks prize money in a 31 start career, which saw the majority of my racing based in WA, though I did make a little sojourn across to Queensland, winning at listed level. I was a group two winner at start number seven and ran a creditable sixth in the Kingston Town Classic at my following start a race famous for the wet weather and the delicacy perfect reflection battle. I did not come back. Brittany. Brit. Brit. Man Booker. Oh, oh, bang. Bang. Too good. I did not come back Brilliant. the same horse in 2016, racing only twice without success before returning in 2017 to win the Pinjarra Classic Bunbury Stakes Grandstand Cup. To this point in time, I'd won eight races, all eight with Jerry Noski on board. Uh, finally, Northerly, fifth in a railway. Uh, my name is a literary prize awarded each year for the best novel written in English and published in the United Kingdom or Ireland. I am. Man Booker. Mm, very very good. good. Brittany won. Adam, yet to score. Okay. Have I, you guys I probably, both- probably, probably, I probably should have known that since I was managing Jerry Nosky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Just throwing that at her. <laughs> okay. So now this next segment, have you, have you guys heard this one in the uh, last couple of weeks? It is who was the last jockey to win a board? So what happens yep, here is- loyal listener. Okay. Adam, I'm sure you're not. So what happens here is I'll give you a horse's name. Uh, someone buzzes in to go first, and if they get it wrong, the other person just goes. If they get it wrong, the other person goes until we get the right answer. So I'll give you a horse's name. Somebody guesses who was the last jockey to win aboard that horse. Um, if they're wrong, goes to the oh. other person, back and forward. First to two points, gets one point. Pretty simple stuff. I've just made it extremely difficult. I heard how hard I made that sound. Okay, are we ready? We are ready. Very We're good. ready. All right. Who was the last jockey to win aboard Man Booker? Adam? Adam. I was going to say Brad Well, Rewilla, you only get one. Wrong. You only get to say one, so I'm not listening to you until you give me your answer. You and I want it Brad, now. Brad Ruwilla. Oh, Brad Ruwilla. I was going to say, I thought I already said it. Um, oh, go to the Wizards. Oh, hang on. This is calm. What's just happening? You have to take your first answer. What's just happening? See, that's why I said what you were going to have to take it. Have uh, I, I got a generic What's, what's just happening? Did he give just two answers? He said, I was going to say Brad Willow, but that's wrong. Okay, it's scrapped. Okay, no one, yeah. gets, no one gets a point. There's nothing, no, nothing's happened there. Okay, nothing's happened. Was that happened. just a general conversation? Nah, what too was, late. No, what, you don't get to say two jockeys' what, names. What so. was the answer, by the way? William Pike. William Pike, yeah. okay. All right. So, zero, zero, still. It's still zero, zero. Still zero, zero. Right. Who was the last okay. jockey to win a board? Harry Thomas. Adam. Brittany. Brittany. Joey has a party. Negative. Adam, Adam. quickly. Oh, that's good because I would have said the quickly. exact same. Uh, <laughs> uh, Clint. Not Clint. Brittany. Um, this could go for a oh. long time. If you didn't know this, it goes for a <laughs> long time. Once we get to Darren 10 jockeys, Nossie. we stop. Negative. Adam. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Good by you. Um, who else rides the Ross Price? Paul Harvey. Negative. Brittany. We're in some strife here. Uh, Troy Turner. Negative. Good Adam. guess, though. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Have we got anyone else left? So Jason Whiting. Negative. It's an apprentice. Brittany. Oh, um, oh, 
Oh, an apprentice. Two more guesses, I reckon, and mm. that's it. Oh. Three. Cash or Duran? Negative. Adam? You've had I'm time. confident now because you've, you've, the apprentice gave it away, actually. Uh, the fact that because you just fired up the internet as well, I reckon. <laughs> No, well, I wish I could, but I'm in the car. It was a C Heffel when she was having a run, actually. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. If you hadn't said apprentice, I would have kept going seniors the whole time. I was going to go Geordie next, thinking I booked the ride. Ah, dear. Carlene Heffel is correct. A little bit of controversy. A little bit of controversy. It all makes sense now. I'm going to guess Carlene Heffel from nowhere. You've created this chaos. I love it as well. Okay. It's 1-0 on the chase for one point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Who was the last jockey to win aboard Akinar Star? Akinar Star. Who's going first or do we have to say our name? Uh, You've got to say your name. Anyone can go first. (laughs) This is great. Um, I'll go with Adam with the fish. Adam Adam, Adam first. Adam, Adam. Adam. Yeah, with the fish, Jason Whiting. Negative. Brittany. Um... Um, oh, my God, I've just forgotten. Um, oh. oh, my God. <laughs> Aaron Mitchell? Negative. Ooh, Adam. That's good. You should have the internet. Um, up, you don't need to comment on every answer as well. But. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't read the rules and regulations. Um, I'll go Pikey again. Negative. Brittany? Um, this is causing great. Harvey? Negative. Adam, what up, Wolves? Paddy Carberry? So upset. Negative, Brittany? Oh, my God. Um, BJ just wrote the answer down and showed it to me, so he's got it. I can ask star. Um, yeah. I can't remember who I, you said now. I, I, neither can I. Um, All right, that's it. I'm calling this one as well. It was Sean McGrady. <laughs> Oh, I would never oh. have done that. Jesus Christ. See, the next, the next couple are meant to be harder as well. Uh, okay. You can't get back harder than Carleen Hale. Bloody hell. The guru. The guru. We're going longer here. Okay. Who was the last yeah. jockey to win aboard Luke's Gold? Ooh, uh, Adam. Adam. Randy Pan? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's a throwback. I'm getting everything I want from this segment. Brittany. Brit. <laughs> um, Brad Rewilla. Negative. Adam. Uh, who else rode Luke's gold? Chris Nickel? Nah, negative. Uh, Brittany. Correct, BJ. BJ's just got it. <laughs> okay, BJ's good at this. Um, yeah. Uh, who else have we said? Chris Parnham? Negative. Adam. Uh, Troy Turner. Negative. Brittany. This is, <laughs> this is incredible stuff. I <laughs> use wins at a memorable uh, to me for whatever reason. <laughs> Obviously, Terry had a big collect this day. 40s to 10s. 40s to 10s. Deep, deep the trip. 40s to 10s. Um, anyway, that's a little trumpet. Of mine. Should we reset the clock and give a hint, perhaps? <clears throat> well, I thought I just did. A hint would be great. Deep, deep the trip. 40s to 10s. Anything else is too much. The hint's too much for the next person up. Yeah, but reset the clock so they can both okay. buzz back in. Uh, the end, not nah, too late. The answer was Lucy Warwick. How oh, do we forget that famous okay. day in 2010? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I, I thought, thought Nickel was a lock. Okay. Uh, who was the last jockey to win a board 
Has anyone got a point yet? Yeah, Adam. Adam's one. Yeah, he's got one. Uh, who was the last jockey to win a board? Excellent dream. <laughs> Brittany. Brittany. Oh, good. Brad Rewilla. Yay. That that only makes it one one though. Yeah, it does make it one one. I've only only got one left on my list and this is the wildest of the lot, but I have to read it out. All right. Who was the last jockey to win aboard Speeding Comet? Adam. Adam. Brittany. Uh, Adam. Um, Mitchell Payment had an apprentice on it. Uh, Gee, I can't hold. So I'll say Mitchell Payment knowing it's wrong now. Negative. Brittany. Dave McNaught. Negative. Adam? Oh. Oh. Um, I'll give this six guesses in wow. total and that's that's all it gets. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Troy this Turner. Is, this is descending, isn't it? Uh, negative. Brittany. Andy Johnson. Oh, Andy Johnson. Andy Johnson. Andy Johnson. Oh, Andy Johnson. Yeah. How, is, how has that come to you like that? So I'll tell you what, you want to bring up Google now? <laughs> Hey Siri. Hey, hey, hey Siri, Siri, who rode speeding comet to its last victory? <laughs> uh, does that mean Brittany Carleen wins a point? Apple. No, Brittany's got it. <laughs> Brittany's got it. Oh my god. She's done it. She's two. She got two one over Adam and now oh. she's got the one point, so now she's on two points. So it's two nil to Brittany. Terry, man. <laughs> I'm going for a drink of water or something stronger. All right. Okay, Adam. Time to make your move. Next, okay. next, uh, sorry, name Saturday's Belmont acceptor that was a maiden for 22 starts before winning his next two outings. Oh, Jesus. Five. 20, 20 is Four. Two. Um, I haven't even looked at Saturday yet. Three. So, um, <laughs> two. Yeah, pass. One. And uh, nothing. Horse's name is Tiger Move. <clears throat> yeah. Not about oh, Britt's probably been away yeah. since. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, that's probably the biggest news while you're away, actually. Yeah. Tiger move on two in a row. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> so I didn't much. Name the jockey. Name the jockey who has won three of the last seven Boulder Cups. Brittany. Brittany. Sean O'Donnell. Ah, correct. Three nil. Hey Adam, what did, what did we say before we got Brittany on the line? The only thing you didn't want to do here is get whitewashed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and what did I say was going to happen? <laughs> I, oh, I feel oh. like England against Australia or New Zealand recently. <laughs> All right. Name the stable. Currently four wins clear on the WA Trainers Premiership. Brittany. Brittany. For the sweep. Dan and Ben here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's done it. Dearie me. Oh, I thought Adam would have had that last one for sure. Yeah, it must have been the Who? American I w- delay. I was actually going to say Dan Morton, so he had delayed. That's why I just heard the boosting. <laughs> oh, dear. My buzzer's me. broken. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, B Taylor, 4-0. 4-0? Yes. Well, hey. I asked to be paired with Olmus. I said this. <laughs> <laughs> You wanted to walk over. Jeez, I think he wanted to walk over. We might have to have a lucky loser at the yeah, end of the tournament. Olmus versus McGrath. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a patient award. Give the, listeners what, give the listeners what they want. Lucky loser. Oh, uh, Rep charge featuring uh, Olmus and McGrath. How's that? Oh, Make it happen. Um, well done, Brett. I feel this is a strong form line and you could take down Jay. Yes. Oh, now, now. Now we're going into a different territory once we go to, go to the Rooney. But, uh, no, I... Uh, 
I, I think I've got my practice in because when I listen to the segment, I'm quite competitive and I, I play it out loud. And last week, I can't remember it was last week, the week before, and there was a question, who am I? And I yelled at my phone, I went, Patty Shadow! <laughs> to the point where mum said, mum what did you say about Shadow? I was talking about Black Shadow because I yelled it out. <laughs> oh, that's great. Hey, Brittany. Uh, so I've been practicing. Brittany, you are through to the uh, to the semi-final of Final our four. media mogul tournament. Uh, the uh, semi-final schedule will be announced after Heat 4. Is that yeah. right? Every, everyone will be hoping to uh, draw the opposite side to Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, but uh, thanks. We're always, uh, always grateful to have you on the show, Britt. And, uh, of course, Adam, all the way over there in uh, – where are you, in California? Uh, I'm in Las Vegas at the moment, so it might, might be why I'm distracted. <laughs> ah, very good, um, mate. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for taking the call, and it'd be great to to get you on the show um, in the next in the coming weeks and have a, a proper chat with you about uh, everything that's going on in your world and um, what you're up to and all that sort of stuff. So, if you uh, if you'd lo- love to come back on, we'd love to have you. Anytime, gents. Keep up the good work, and well done, Britt. Thank you. Very good. Britt is our mastermind and uh, $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring is in the mail. Congratulations, Britt, and thanks, Adam. Thanks very much, boys. Thanks, thanks guys. Thanks, guys. Very good. Oh, that's, that's thrown me. Well, they, they were hard ones, I guess. Yeah. They? Yeah. yeah, they were hard ones, Neil. I think about it. <laughs> they were a bit more difficult than I'd anticipated. Oh, I'm actually throwing. <laughs> Dear me. Whew. Okay. I, I think I think the the takeaway is we need to cap the. Nah, I gym, like it. I you, actually quite like it. Cap, it but you it. do realize with some of them, like when we are using obscure hoops that maybe don't ride in WA anymore, like Carl, if you don't get it, you don't know it. So, yeah, I enjoyed it though. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it, the heart. it didn't feel like a four nil. I thought Adam. Well, he was a bit. No, he wasn't a bit stiff actually. He went the double double answer. Yeah, with Rewilla and Pike. That would have uh, that would have got, him, like that got him a point. Yeah, if he had a locked in pikey. Yeah, like he was he was trying oh, to. Well, he can he can hey, hang, we, he can hang his hat on that. Already. But that this run will do him the world of good for the uh, for the repper charge yep. against yep. Almas. So yeah, but well, um, lucky loser. Yeah. So uh, so where are we at with our with our tournament oh, thus far? I'm throwing BJ. It's, it's all a bit much for me. We've got uh, we've got a much anticipated showdown next mm. week. But uh, thus far we have Brittany through yes. this week, Jay Rooney mm-hmm. through last week, and in week one, Michael Heaton. Michael Heaton got through in against, week one. Against so uh, Mark Olmos. he yep. certainly did that. <laughs> the the, uh, the North Melbourne according to Adam McGrath of this year's competition. <laughs> and again, he, he, might, he must be the West Coast Eagles if that's the case. Yeah. Uh, and next week we have Scotty Embry taking on Lockie Taylor. Gee whiz. The man, for the final spot. The day before in the mounting yard at Belmont, there's going to be uh, no. uh, it's going to be a few barbs being flown across, I think. so Got him even money as well. Maybe Lockie Taylor's experience mm-hmm. might uh, might lean him towards early favourites. So Scotty, Scotty had the one go. He, he, it was a great match versus his uh, his hoop. Chris Parnham, mm-hmm. and he got the got the chockies mm-hmm. there. But uh, Lockie's had a few cracks. At yeah, he, he might have won four has. in a row at one stage, actually. Lockie I also think the sibling rivalry. I don't think he'll be happy if he doesn't make the semifinals mm. and his sister has. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but just a cracker. Mouthwater. I wanted to save it for last. Mouthwater. Mouthwater, exactly yes. right. Uh, okay, yeah. Once again, uh, thanks to our friends up at the Mundaring Hotel in Butchie O'Connor. And as I said just before, that $100 gift voucher to Brittany Taylor is in the mail. 
And we are back with race five, the Amelia Park Handicap over the mile. This is a 66 plus. How was your toasty? Toasty was good. Yeah. We just had a toasty break, mm. listeners. Outstanding. Yep. Um, Speaking of toasty, I'm up with the heater on, surely. <laughs> Getting a bit cold? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> 66 plus with a minimum 55 kgs. Brother Paddy coming back after a uh, second placing in the Cool Gutty. But that's the funny. Sec- why aren't they going to the? It Boulder? makes to me absolutely no sense not going to the Boulder Cup Sunday. Yeah. If you're going to go and cop your four points for running second, mm-hmm. and you've copped five points running second in the Eurythmic over twenty two hundred, why you're not going to the a race you a better chance of winning? Probably it's a real mystery. It's so a- whether they just don't want to travel or something, I'm not sure. But which is yeah, the Maynards love going to Kalgoorlie though, so it's. Um- Rich, rich history in the gold fields. Mm. So very surprising. Black that doesn't claim it either. Track. Oh, I'm wild. I don't get it anyway. Mm. Uh, coming off a of second placing there, brother Paddy. That's his second placing in. Uh, as Terry said that he ran second in the Eurythmic hundred thousand dollar race and second in the Cool Guardian Cup hundred thousand dollars. Well, out of his grade. But um, then we've got uh, cheerful moment back from West Australia. It's had a couple of second placings to for Lindsay Smith since its return to the West from Victoria. Run last start. It um, led and the mm-hmm. horse on its back. It ran a quicker last 200, keeper sweep, mm. but lost the race because it wobbled off badly in the straight. It was, so. three, it was like a two and a half, three-length turnaround between the four and the two. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was part of the cheerful moment moving to $1.90 and uh, it was, yeah, tough, tough viewing in that sense. So don't usually like to see like sort of Holly losing the claim for Joey because mm. I really do like Holly, but stronger hoop Yeah, um, in that sort of sense. It may make sense that um, Joey can – get that extra length or two or just keep it truer between mm. that part of the race. Scanning through this, this <clears throat> the speed map though, it does look like a nice setup once again for Catelpa. It's uh, who does who does like an inside draw, doesn't he? Yeah, certainly does. Mm. Um, yeah, I think either cheerful moment. Potentially, I think Great Fortune will come across and probably try and find the rail, to be honest with you. That's how I'd ride it yep. if I was them. Um, I think the step up's probably a bit too great, but I I really like Great Fortune as a horse. I'm I'm with I'm with Catalpa. It's probably my best of the day, I'd say. Yeah. But I um I really like Great Fortune as a horse. It's not here, but it's it's going to be in time, I'd suggest. So, um, but yeah, you're right. Catalpa was huge. Had to cart up the field behind Castilla del Lago and still ran the second quickest last two of the race. Just beaten by a horse that I massively underrated in mm. in Rejuva King. So, um, Harvey's riding super. He's riding mapped horses super as well. Um, should follow either Cheerful Moment or Great Fortune. Get out. And look, the major dangers, like a lay, a lay, I think it's just a horse. Mm-hmm. I can't say, and it ran a slower last two than uh, Catalpa. How can it turn <clears> the tables on that? Yeah, position it's just pa- lacks a bit of oomph, doesn't it? Exactly right. At the end of his races. Position but to power. Enough, yeah. Position to power is a query at the mile. Um, and I think it goes better for, for the seniors. Um, try for us, we'll win plenty more races, but I've just got it mapped so far from them. It just, just purely on map, I, I had to take on try for us. And yeah. So, yeah, the danger for me is, the, the horse that maybe I don't know it's ceiling in, in cheerful moment if it's if Joey can keep it straighter and keep it truer. But, yeah, look, I'm about 240, 250. Catalpa, um, just a simple map. There's three. There's four of them on the card or three of them on the card. They look three really good map bets, and this mm-hmm. is the second one after State of Power. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. <clears throat> it's boring, but it just to me it's just, um, yeah, it makes it makes nice sense. And if we can triple our money, I'm happy. Yeah, Catalpa makes the most sense here. Gate one, Pontiff on board, racing well, horse in form. Um, looks the horse to beat for mine. What did you make of um, position of power last Saturday? Inquiry into the, um, into oh, the ride. So the inquiry is probably a touch harsh. She made mm. a decision, which probably got me the place on Oli Ghost, to be honest with you. So, um, but yeah, 
it, it's going really well, but it's just the mile and the kid. That's the mm. thing. So it's, it's likely on the back of Catalpia, I think, or very close to it. So the stewards report um, advising Paul Harvey after his ride on position of power last Saturday said steward stewards advised his decision not to position his mount between runners near the 250 metres lacked urgency and in future he must take advantage of runs at the first available opportunities. You don't see that very often. Did you, see his, did you see his response? No. Why don't you ride it, you fuckhead? That's what he said. <laughs> that was his exact response. So I don't know if they've got that in the report, but yeah. yeah. I made that up. Yeah. Just in case. Thank yeah. Um, which was interesting. You don't, that's very rare you see that in a steward's report. So I'm interested to see if that makes a cut for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it just gets cut out. Uh, uh, well, yeah, we won't be winning any oh, geez. media Catalpa's awards. Oh, has been backed as well, 290. We won't, be, we won't be winning any media awards anyway no, because exactly they don't right. have them Who anymore. So, um, anyway, so Catalpa. Bang. Yeah, Catalpa, very, very simple. I, I was, I, I reckon Vital Flirt will be a really good Brad Rewilla horse if, if he sticks with this type of horse. I feel like it really suits him. Yeah. Um. But yeah, not, not, not today, not Saturday. Race six is the Crown Perth handicap over fourteen hundred meters. It's a graduation. Spent a little bit of time at the Crown in Melbourne, but this is the Crown Perth handicap. Mm. Uh, what do you make here? Obviously, the the market is uh, gravitating strongly towards the five El Safina from the uh, Team Williams Yard, Patrick Carberry. Gate three, uh, just noted by Ginger Green. Um, that was a weakest. I know that the inside was better, yeah. but to get a nice card into it, get ahead of Ginger, it was, Ginger Green. And it, was, it, was Ginger, it was also very a great run from Ginger Green. That's a worry. It was a bit of a dream for El Safina considering the setup. So mm. for her to, to get sucked into the race and sprinting at the right time and then to be out-zapped by Ginger Green was- a Bit of a worry. Interesting, yeah. But the probity form around Universal Pleasure is panels on it. Yep. Um, and Real Grace, speaking to Michael earlier, that was fascinating stuff because mm. this was a race of talk about a few horses I love map-wise. Real Grace was just a nightmare to map here. So I, I've got Real Grace maybe in the breeze, but I think Ginger Green probably ends up coming across and taking up the breeze. You hope that they show some intent because- if they say to find a spot, they won't get one because yeah. there's no speed here. This is the race you need. So, but hearing Michael earlier, the fact he's willing to take up that role, if that's how the race pans out, um, I actually don't mind that, mm. even at the 1400. So, um, have you got getting the queue leading from? Yeah, nine? I do. But yeah, yeah. again, we don't know for sure that's what they're going to do on their WA debut, but mm. you suspect that'll be the. Um, that will be the move. But yeah. Um, yeah, look, very simply, I, I love Probity as a horse, but it's 1400 dry attack. Dry track and apprentice. Mm -hmm. So you got three minor queries. Um, it's a clear second leg, but I'm, I'm going to go with real grace. Um, up, I found in, it, up in weight as well, probity. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. I found it pretty easy to come at real grace in the end. I, I, I thought it would be probity that I'd be coming at, but I found it pretty easy to come at real grace in the end. Um, the two trials and two races, forget obviously it's been held up for both of them, but just traveled so well. I think. If Mickey's got it going as, as good as Real Grace can this be, it's, it's, it's race, a proper yeah. horse. You got fifty four and a half in a sixty plus. I like, arguably she should have won three more, which means she's carrying twelve six sixty and a half here or, or something like that. So she gets in near the minimum. Um, but yeah, it's, if she drew one, I'd be saying anything above two fifty is a good price. But she's drawn six, so she might need to race without cover. There's lots of question marks. The fourteen hundred has to be some type of query as well. But um, yeah, I'm. I'm I'm pretty pretty confident, not as confident as Catalpa and State of Power just mm -hmm. because of the map, but, yeah, I like Real Grace, so um, on top for me. Real Grace on top for me as well. I thought that Vital Blast might be just about ready to run a race. Um, I think the stable's battling. Yeah, stable might be battling a touch. Um, fitter, um, Vital Blast, third up, Sean O'Donnell from two. 
uh, rising to the uh, to the four eight hundred meters. I think it's going to be a big price. It's probably going to be Maddie territory. I don't be surprised to see Volta Blast run an improved race at this stage of his campaign. His best forms, um, you know, seventy two plus type setup um, would uh, have the majority of these covered. Yeah, I want to move away from El Safina. It looks looks super obvious there. But, um, I, I don't I, think it I, does look that obvious. Like I, yeah, I think I think that's just there's this hype early about a horse, and then we all just keep gravitating towards it. It beat Strike Now, who was I thought Strike Now was actually pretty good in a slowly run race, but it it beat Strike Now on the best part of the track. Um, its wins in its first campaign, yeah, it were um, like Matt wins with Chris Parnham on board, where it's just he's given it ten out of tens on the right part of the Ascot track. Um, yeah, I don't know. Al Safina can definitely win. I'm five fifty, but the two ninety around at the moment yeah. is just a little bit. A little bit thin for mine. And the funny thing is with the three favourites that stand out in this market, the thing you can say about all three of them, query at 1,400. Yeah. All three has to be queries at the, the trip. So, uh, But the map's definitely in Al Safina's favour. She can go to um, sleep just in behind them while uh, Al probably will be further out the back and um, Real Grace has got the slightly stickier draw to deal with. So that's definitely in her favour on a track that is more likely than unlikely to suit those closer to the fence. And just a quick recap on the three, their current current market price, please, Terry. Uh, so probity. Uh, probity is about four sixty. Al Safina, two ninety three bucks, and Real Grace three. So it was, yeah, three sixty three eighty. So yeah. um, she's been a big drifter the last couple, and it's whether the 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 data bots or whatnot find um, her old form and, and give her that. She might be a massive drifter on the day. That's mm. the thing. She's very hard to price um, in this particular race. I know what she'll do because Al Safina and Probably are two horses that always come in for really good backing. But um, I think the rest of the field will be pretty easy. They'll they'll dominate the market. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. Real Grace as well. I think it's her her race. She's ready to I tip the cardio. Mate. Ready to rock and roll. Okay, with race six done, it's time to uh, take a break and a word from our sponsors. Witten's Irrigation and Design—they're the irrigators of choice for the West Australian racing industry. Owner-operator Craig Witten has extensive experience working on racetracks across this great state, especially in his role as irrigation technician on the hallowed turf at Ascot and Belmont Park. Craig and his team also specialise in designing and delivering projects for commercial thoroughbred and standardbred racing properties. Check out Witten's Irrigation and Design on Instagram and Facebook and get in touch with Craig. So whether it's racetrack, residential or commercial, water wisely with Witten's. Race seven is the Peninsula Dining Room Handicap. It's a 2200 metre graduation, uh, minimum 54 kgs. It's actually a 59 plus on the internal handicappers ratings, Terry. Um, I haven't said this for a while, but this is an old school Perth racing guru special. This oh. race, this has got your name written <clears throat> all over. First of all, it's a big field, so let's try and pinpoint the horses who are going to who are going to shape the race from a speed map point of view. Um, well, I, I think that's probably the most important mm. part of this race. You got accelerate. Tiger Move, uh, heaps of Moolah, who raced Wednesday, but I presume he's backing up. Devonia, Karanis, Deal Red, who all like to race forward, so. First thing I did was say, no, none of them. Mm. Happy taking them all on, which the biggest thing of that is you're taking on accelerators, I think, favourite at the minute. So from that gate, <clears throat> you've got to think it's pretty unlikely to get across all of them and find the fence comfortably. And in saying that as well, you've got Paddy Carver going on because Sean O'Donnell's opted to stick with Tiger Move. And mm -hmm. I don't know if that type of horse will, will suit Paddy down to the ground either. So um, that's how I'm attacking the race. So then I look at the next line of runners. Um, and you're looking at Aragon, who's probably three defence. <clears throat> defence might not be good for this particular race if the leaders are all coming back on mm -hmm. him. But its run last start was too good to ignore. So, yes, it was. Um, I marked Aragon an equal favourite um, around about the five five fifty mark. Um, <clears throat> the horse 
that uh, should map pretty nicely in about seventh one off and look to get into the race because it can obviously sustain a run is overthought as well. Yeah. Um, it's one seven to 45. It's quite a – it's pretty underrated little mare. It's won three times over the 2200. If you go through her career at a staying trip, she's actually a really nice little stayer, um, just honest. I think that Lactar going off a cash is a big positive. I like Lactar on this type of horse probably more so. Um Maps nicely, but it, it's going to come down to who gets a run into the race at the right time. But look, I've marked Overthought and Aragon at the top of my market, so they're the two. I'm, I'm happy to have something on, and the fact Overthought's a um, a bigger price, I'll make that the result. Yeah, twelve dollars best available Overthought. Yeah, <clears throat> probably trades ten bucks still. Mm. So I don't think it's um, it's a it's a rush job, but um, yeah, they're the two. Uh, they probably will bunch. Um, I expect truly reliable to run on. It should suit it. Drawing wide isn't a bad thing here. If you that was go the, back. that was the way I went. Truly, mm. truly reliable. I, th- I thought the it fence was, was huge last start yeah. though. Don't forget, yeah. everything was advantaged on that fence. I just just feel like from a talent point of view, it's got, like it's, if CV can give it give him a half decent steer from eleven, bit of cover, working into the race uh, with momentum. Um, from a ability point of view, I just feel like he's got most of these covered. So, um, yeah, didn't mind us run the other day. Um, has run some really big races in the past as some um, against some quality opposition. So, kept out of trouble rolling into the race, um, which could get a bit messy uh, between the six and the four hundred, depending on who finds the lead and what tempo they roll along at. But um, truly reliable. I don't mind it drawing out a bit. If it was if it was drawn low, it might end up back in traffic and in trouble. So, out of trouble, Stevie. Do you yep. think? <clears throat> yeah, I marked the race 5 5, 10 10, Blackwater Bay as well. I know it was just moderate on its return, but that was its return to the grass after yeah. the campaign. Yeah. Reckon it'll be a different horse after that run. So, But I went back through it, and Blackwater Bay might just be a bit of a battler as well. Mm-hmm. Last two wins were in Geraldton and Mount Barker. Um, so, yeah, just got to be the well, at least the market's no longer rating Blackwater Bay to that same level. It's 15 to 1. Truly Liable's 14. Overthought's 12. Yep. Aragon's 6. Understandable with what it did first up yeah. at the staying trip. But, yeah. um, yeah, they're the runners I'd focus on. But look, it's a tough race where his I, eminence. I expect to lose. It, it, it won a very weak race, his eminence, but it yep. was its first goal at a staying trip, which is really impressive. So Webster's are all flying at the moment. Uh, hats off, going yeah, really well. They're yep. all flying. So you can win, but it's geez, it's equal favourite at the moment. That's a little bit thin for mine. But being a point of difference runner in these same old staying races over and over again is definitely not. A bad thing. Um, there's heaps of runners under the odds. Devonius 15 should be 100. Red Hot Hope. I know it's fair enough. It's yeah. The price it is. Yeah. Uh, Devonius 15. That's the main one. <laughs> uh, and, the, acceler- and, and Accelerate. And even His Eminence, I think, are well. And the mighty the Tiger move, his winning streak. Yeah, well, beat Dance of the South. It was only beaten by two in a similar race. So, yeah, it, it's starting to put it all together. So I wouldn't. Uh, and Sean O'Donnell's hopped off the current favourite. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah, look, I wouldn't begrudge, but they're, they're the four I'd be looking at. Truly reliable, Blackwater Bay, Overthought, Aragain. I'll go with the first bunch in regards to Overthought and Aragain with Blackwater Bay, Truly Reliable, running on wide. And yeah, any of the four, though. They're the four I'd focus on. Yeah, okay, cool. Truly reliable for myself. And now we head towards our feature of the day. Race eight is Nicopolis Stakes, a $100,000 84-plus handicap. Uh, a lot of these horses will more than likely progress to the Hannans handicap in a couple of Thursdays. Time, Terry, you're, you're heading to Kalgoorlie for the round? Yeah, flying there with Pistol Pistol Pete. Hopefully we can get Pistol Pete on the week before, but he's still not sure when he's back in um Yes, I saw Perth. I was chatting to Pistol Pete at Flemington last Saturday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Pete was there. He yeah, was right. uh, 
in, uh, as his in hair. good form. Yeah. Lengthy? Yeah. Yeah. Luxurious. Yeah, it always, always is luxurious. Tell yeah. you what, and great segue. He's got a owner. He's a, got a runner here. Mm. Him and Deck and Shembury. Oh, Deck Deck. Yeah. Have we heard from Deck since last Saturday? No, well, since Godage. Brad, <laughs> Brad, Brad wanted me to say that. Brad McManus made me say that. Um, all, all I was saying about Protege is um, I, I said to Deck, I, I reckon it's not because that wasn't ability based that far. No, that was, no, there was the something, horse, yeah, something. The horse missed, wasn't yeah. right. Yeah. Um, I would be concerned if Protege was beaten in a photo. The mm-hmm. fact it was beaten by a couple of lengths, like it's, it's. I'm going to say it's a good thing because yeah, it was too- and, and it missed the kick and yeah, the real yeah. Like, it, it just wasn't right, and that's that's fine. It's better than being beaten on ability in a sixty plus. Trying to trying your guts out and get yeah. rolled, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I I wouldn't be um, selling my stock in uh, in in protege. I uh, yeah, I still think it's going to be a very good horse. Yeah, I agree. So um, yeah, of course, Pete Deckener, <clears throat> uh, Salaya making her return to that's racing five fifty. Yeah. I actually thought, like, oh, Salaya could be the one here. At, at what were you thinking? Eighteen dollars each way or something like. Fuck me, Dad. They haven't. They found me. Mm. Um, all I'll say is, Star Trade to win over a thousand when it was three lengths off the second horse at the two or even the one. Um, that's a concerning form line. Star Trade's a nice horse, but that's not good. That's a bad race. Like that's a really bad form line, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think that the comes the time didn't. I, I feel like the the, the, the leading bunch just sort of. Um, Worked themselves into a frenzy, and they just all yeah. All but fell even apart. comes the time, didn't push on with it. And mm-hmm. I was about to Mickey earlier, and the blinkers going on will help. Yeah. But gee, so the, my first thought was, well, how can I get them all beaten? So I came to Salaya firstly, and I said, well, Salaya's a. If you go back, and and one thing I've often thought about the camp, which I'm sure because people love my criticisms, uh, <laughs> I think he rushes <laughs> rushes to get them up in journey too quickly. Mm-hmm. A lot of his horses, like he's – what about Hilton? Like it was unbeaten at 1,100 for him and he had to get – it kept failing at 1,500, got rid of the horse. Mm. Now it's flying for um, – Didn't it win the big sprint race? Yeah, yeah, now it's flying for Nick Thomas in, yeah. in, in Kalgoorlie because he's keeping it to the sprint journeys. Yeah. Like there's there's a heap of ex-ruling dame feuding. They're all going – Super in Calgary. Anyway, I find it um, that, that, probably not a necessity to rush them up in journey. Like yeah. If you're going well at a certain trip, stick to it. Go through Soleil's history over the 1200, BJ. Um, if you just give me one moment. I think it's had four goes. It beats uh, Angelic Miss in a class one. It won its maiden easy. It was stiff in a Karakata. Yep. Um, and it ran second in a jungle miss when it was four deep, no cover the trip. There it's only goes over 1200. Like this horse might be a sprinter yeah. ridden cold. Like it just, it doesn't seem like that's ever been the thought. It's always been, let's get it to the mile, let's get it to the mile. And it won all those, that staying race, the three-year-old staying race, it won that just on its ability alone compared to what it was against. So, um, look, I don't know if it's the same horse, and I doubt it is probably the same horse, but I'd love to see it ridden cold three-wide line, which I think there will be on the back of a Titan Blinders Mm -hmm. or even mood swings if Titan Blinders is aggressive and gets to the breeze. Um, Yeah, Great great again, Leeds. But fuck me, Brad went up ten dollars, and I wouldn't have taken that. Mm. So yeah, five fifty's um, five fifty's not going to get me in any world. <laughs> Gee, after all so, that, we're not back in slayer, mate. After all that, I'll probably end up on Star Trade because it's suited up to the it's suited up to the twelve hundred meters. Yeah, um, the tempo's on. The tempo's a query. Um, but I, look, I don't know. Mood swings can win the race from the breeze, but there isn't a horse I hate more than mood swings in, in Western Australian racing. So I just couldn't do it to myself, especially at that price. Um, look, current <laughs> prices, excellent dream each way. How's that? We got there. Point of difference. We got Excellent there. dream each way. Okay. I think it starts longer too. What price you got Star Trek? Out of curiosity. Well, that's the thing. That's, 
I, I'm, I've got it listed at about $3.20. Yeah. What are we looking at at the moment? $3.50? Uh, $3.90 is yeah. about average. Three, yeah, $3.90, $3.70. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know, BJ. This was a race I binned because I, I felt like when I marked it, I was just guessing. I just didn't do this with any confidence. I just don't like that form line. I don't like any of the alternate form lines. Um, Excellent Dream is a horse that has hopped around stables, but it's probably been at its best for LK. It's been stiff as anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it's got the winning blow. I would have loved to have seen CJP booked when um, all the jockeys were named bar one. I thought that was an opportunity from the inside gate, but Holly should land close to the 1-1. And uh, First up, last campaign, Bo was on at 100-1, to held up the entirety. You got to say it would have gone close to beating Rock and Nori that day. Yeah, so, yeah, um, that, that was it's good. your blowout, and it, that was a good to be race. honest, what price does it go around at? Excellent dream, big, yeah. So maybe currently if, if twenty twenty one dollars might be thirty plus. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I can't see it being overly popular. I thought I can't, but in saying that, Long Beach is twelve bucks. Oh, Time blindness is twenty. Like, I think they're all bare bones as is. So I really like Star Trade again. I think four dollars plus north of four dollars will do me. But the horse that really at the current price that. I'm attracted to his Gemma's son, double figures over the twelve hundred. Yeah, I think the thing, the reason my notation you, yeah. on Gemma's son and my knock on Gemma's son is, um, I feel like all of his best runs are forward. Mm. I feel like if he gets into a sprint, which he's going to, alongside comes the time or star trade, he's not going to out sprint either of them. That's that was the knock I had with Gemma's son. Um, yeah, that was the knock I had. I don't see him out sprinting those two, but. Is a it's good. good. It's just a, he just feels like he's a better horse than most of these, doesn't he? Who was the last jockey to win a broad Jamison? That was on last week. <laughs> it was on last week, wasn't it? Uh, it was uh, who was it? Paul Harvey, Christy Bennett. That's right, Kay Bennett. He's that. Um, yeah. Okay. So from seven with Whiting on board, it feels like three wide, doesn't it? Really? But I, think that's um, gonna, I reckon three wide line might be the spot because mm-hmm. great again. We'll give a little kick, but on the dry deck, it won't be, um, it won't play a major part in the race. So, yeah, three wide line. If it's led up by mood swings, you'd think that'll take him into the straight. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I think Dan Dan Morton's got Star Trade humming at the moment. It's one, uh, three from what six starts with the stable. The Jolly Beggar win was uh, a bonus. I think that was unexpected. Uh, Nicopolis stakes over the twelve hundred, even better suited. And then heading to the Hannans is one of the main fancies as well. So Star Trade, anything north of four dollars, we find for me. And I, I just got a feeling that the um, Gemma's son could uh, could defy the market expectations on Saturday. Yeah, very good, very good. Yeah, I'm, <clears throat> yeah, I just want to stay out of this one. Yeah. I also think comes a time's only putting one bad one, and we're calling it a bad one. That's run second in a listed race. So. Blinkers on too. So blinkers uh, on, and, and yeah. losing CJP is not ideal, but. Paul it, Harvey's probably riding better than anyone it did, at, at, it at did, this particular. The thing with comes a time it went thousand thousand. Maybe you need the twelve. Maybe maybe yeah, needs the twelve. Maybe. So. maybe maybe. All right, uh, BJ. It's now time for the uh, Byron Bay <laughs> Get Out Stakes. <laughs> I was going to read the name of the race. Uh, S T E A K S. I've lost it. I've absolutely <laughs> lost it here. Um, is it brought to us by? Thanks, Terry. Get Out Stakes. Extremely okay. popular. Twitter-based competition is brought to you by Market City Meats. They are, of course, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth. I'm sure you guys are all aware of that. Located out of the Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt, champion fella, he uh, him and his team run a tight ship out there at Market City Meats. So um, head out there, 
Uh, let him know that you're uh, part of the one one faithful and Timmy and the squad. They'll look after you. Market City mates best in the business. Now, congratulations to episode 140 Get Out Stakes winner Jason Wheelow. Um, he was nearest, hello. He was nearest the pin with his advanced um, prediction last Saturday. Now, Jason, remember the old mastermind, mastermind 1.0. Uh, Jason was uh, a multiple mm. winner and. Um, I think it's his wife. Sorry, Jason, this is incorrect. Sabrina Wheelow has also won the Get Out Stakes. So they've uh, the one one's been very good to the Wheelow family. That is, I'd say that'd be the only pairing. Yes, the, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, the power to, couple. Power couple. We need yeah. to we need to research that. They're so. like Giselle and Tom Brady. Is that right? <laughs> I'm not very good at my celebrity. Are news. they still together? I'm not sure. I have absolutely no idea. Um, but um, it's like Brad Pitt and Angela. <laughs> and are they still together? <laughs> no. Fuck me. No, they are not. Who cares though? Like about celebrity gossip anyway. That's it. <laughs> that's for our podcast after this one. So hopefully, uh, Jason and Sabrina, if if in fact you guys are husband and wife, are still going strong. But that would be very funny if they're completely not even related. That would be golden. But well, hopefully so, they're not related. <laughs> if they're husband and wife, I'm hoping they're well, they not might related. be brother and sister. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, but if yeah, the Wheelos killing it. <laughs> This segment's killing it. Um, now, to enter the Get Out Stakes, race mm. nine at Belmont on Saturday, uh, send us a tweet at the 1-1 pod. Let us know who you think will win race nine the Get Out and a decimal winning margin, two decimal places preferred. Um, remembering, of course, the Sam White rule. First Jerry. in, best dressed. Yep. Um, good race. This is probably the race of the day. The I Byron, think. Byron Bay premium lag. What's the Byron Bay like? Uh, the, the place or the beer? The beer. Average probably. Yeah. Um, sorry. Sponsor the show and we'll give you a better ref. <laughs> um, this is a good race. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, again, I'm going to focus. This is the third of the runners. I'm really keen on three mapped runners today and they're Catalpa, State of Power, and, and the last one's MTA. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Multinational has to come across from the outside gate and I reckon Taxigano will be ridden forward and that's the worry for me. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's that's the concern for the for the speed map in that sense because I think multinational will give a nice kick, and you'd probably want to be somewhere on its back. I'd suggest. Um, and what do you think? Multi, you think Tax is going to go like forward, forward? Hundred percent. Yeah, I reckon yeah. it'll lead or breeze. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't because the map looks far better uh, for MTA if it doesn't. But yeah, yeah I think it will. Okay. Uh, it'd be interesting. Let's gallivant. They could almost own it with let's gallivant because mm. it. Probably should have led last start. It was a it could, ended could up deep into the yeah. race, yeah. So I think they probably will end up handing up again. But I think it's just as good a horse, probably leading and multinational breeze. But yeah, I think I think Brad Graham will instruct Jade to go forward for a horse known for its toughness. Um, I think that'll be the the plan here. Um, but yeah, MTA should park up right behind him. I thought last week or two weeks ago uh, behind Mood Swings on a track which was suiting those close to the rail was huge. It was a run, wasn't it? Uh, it certainly was. Mm. So I think if you go back through MTA, it's last. X amount of barriers were nine eight five nine nine seven seven nine. Like, it just that is just awkward. Like it's always, five, it's always, and it's it always won, sticky. And the, the one five in there it won from. So, yeah. uh, ran second to Rock and Nori, beaten uh, a lip. Ran second. It's a Rayday taking ground off it on the line, um, and then it run like, last run last prep was really good run behind Secret, Secret Plan, Plan, and this time yeah. taking ground off Mood Swings at a sprint trip. So, um, MTA just from a map point of view picks itself. I just hope it's on the back of Multinational and not on the back of Taxigano.
Yeah. That's what I'm thinking here. Even then, I hope Sean realises if Taxiana starts coming back, we'll just let it work into the race because it can sort of sustain that run. It's shown. Um, but it's just been a model of consistency at its last sort of six, seven, eight runs. And uh, it looks a bit of a mapped special to me. Uh, other runners that will be popular are Billy Ray, who I'll take on at the 1400 first up. It's going to be back near last. That's an easy take on for me. I don't just think we can't just allow for it to be the same horse it was last time until it gets fit and happy and in his own. It'll run well, but it's, it's got a – got a task yeah. from there the, the the draw makes it very difficult exactly yeah. right and it, it's probably the horse that allows this to be a good betting race because you know it has to start firmish in the market and i'm just happy taking it on if it beats me it beats me like i, I won't lose any sleep let's mm -hmm. galavan i've actually ended up marking surprisingly second favorite just on map it's just so i don't i don't like him 60 plus to 72 plus at all but it's just so foolproof from what it's doing from the inside alley. So, And you just have to respect everything that the camp stepping exactly out of. Exactly right. They're, just, they're placing them really well, they're really fit, and they're really consistent at mm -hmm. the moment, all the Pierce Brothers horses. So. Exactly right. Yeah. I, I think getting the same run as MTA with only a kilo in it, I reckon MTA is better than a kilo, uh, a kilo better. Sorry, than um, let's than Galavant. let's gallivant. Yeah. Uh, multinational, I said, comes across as nice and tough on speed and speed dream. Who can go really well fresh? Fresh last campaign was uh, so so behind Alien from Mars. The thing I didn't like with speed dream was the fact it was first up at the fourteen hundred. Yeah. I like it first up at the twelve hundred, and it would have been very close to a um, uh, equal on top selection if it was the twelve hundred. So just uh, just mindful of that. But yeah, it can it can definitely win. But yeah. Um, yeah. it's just very simply, it's just MTA for me. Yeah, well, M MTA is just going to land in the spot, so ready to go. Saying, yeah. Um, Taxigano, telling you now, it's going to it's be a gonna be <laughs> Hopefully, Taxigano finds the fence, lets Gallivance on its back, multinationals in the breeze, mm -hmm. and we're on its back. Yeah. That's, that's the dream. For my eyes, even though it is first up 1400, the run that Speed Dream is likely to get, I wouldn't be surprised to see him flashing late um, first up because he's just, um, he's just got. He's got a good level of talent. He's really consistent. tries tries hard, and just he's probably going to be following MTA and let's Gallivant and just sort of Jason Whitey can just be floating in behind them, conserving fuel over the four hundred meters, and really, um, you know, um, letting Speed Dream show his closing speed late. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Speed Dream really stretch them, but it does look the race for MTA. Um, the, the thing that concerned me is last prep when he he did find his race. Um, yeah, he, when he went know. to put him, when he went to put him away, it he wasn't didn't. quite there. Yeah, um, That's I mean, why he needs that map. He's yeah. four from thirty after all, but yeah. he's raced at top line, and he also had a prep or two where he didn't come back. That's right. Yeah. So, and then I just read out some of those names, like it's a Radio Rockinori, and you sort of good go, form. But yeah. I agree, it's if he wins. Um, when he wins on Saturday, it'll be narrow. It'll be narrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's yeah. going to put him away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that day I, he I had hope every, every conceivable, and Chile is hot. Still ran him to a um, carried a kilo and a half more than him, and still ran him to a long neck. But uh, um, a few anxious moments on th that occasion for those that took the the two fifty. But um, the yeah, yeah, the MTA books his race. Speed dream, the big danger for one. Very good. All right, so let's take a break, Terry, and we'll be back with our bests, our maddies, and our lays. Okay, we're in the final straight, and it is our sorry, it is time for our Betfair best betting propositions for Nicopolis Stakes Day. Over to the Guru. What's your Betfair best? That's betfair.com.au. Uh, it's a toss up between race four, five, and nine, but we've got race five, Catalpa. North of $3, I'm happy with. Okay, who are the other ones? Uh, State of Power in race four and MTA in race nine, the three mapped runners for the day. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with our guest today, Michael Grantham. Race six, Real Grace. Oh. Betfair best. Very good. I hope yeah. you're right. Yeah. 
Oh, you're bloody right. Interesting. We'd be happy if it ends up in front. Uh, You'd prefer it with some cover? I always like the cerise and white with a bit of cover, which is what leads me to my lay of the day. Mm. Uh, I, reckon if, uh, I reckon if Classic Accounting Race 1 breezes, I reckon uh, it'll get beat. So, uh, Well, if it goes back to last, it'll out-sprint Saloon Bar, will it? No. That's what I'm saying. How yeah. does it? I don't know. It's going to have to be pretty good. So, yeah. Is that your lay? 100% it is. Oh, it's $2.40 and yeah. I'm, a, I'm eight bucks. So, um, yeah, on a day where I could have picked a few lays, to be honest, that's a standout one at that price yeah so. uh, also like his trials have been good but a Piero out of an oaks winner first up over 30 it just feels like it's gonna build rather than just mm-hmm. be ready to go first up but um i wonder yeah if i wonder who's that money that money was early mm. interesting little early move i don't think bob was waiting at a at a machine pressing the buttons having his tab voucher there ready to go mm, interesting Interesting. Oh, very interesting. Madness. Uh, Maddie, I'll go with uh, LK Fernie in, in race number eight. I'm looking for a point of difference form line. Excellent dream is 20 bucks. They're very much in form, LK Fernie. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> Bless his cotton socks. Um, this isn't standard operating procedure here at the 1-1, but we do things differently. In a fudge. My, my, my Maddie's in the same race as my best, so believe it or not. But uh, oh, wow. that was the only horse that I could make a strong case yeah. for, $20, 20 to 1 plus, uh, and uh, that is Vital Blast. And so. you can back them both at fours and 26s, can't yeah. you? Yep. Make a little book. So for the Irk, Justine. We'll call you Dimmicks. Herkelins. So, yeah. we've uh, Very good. We're done. We're done, finally. We're out. Me. <clears throat> Long old stint. Thank you, Edda. Good little group of... Um, Visitors, mm. one of the guests, the way I was after visitors, <laughs> guests to the show. Thank you, uh, obviously, to Mickey Grantham. I uh, yeah. love having a chat with Mickey, he's an absolute star. He was good, wasn't he? <laughs> Such an infectious personality, I find. Great for the game, and um, yeah, he's hopefully, uh, geez, hopefully, we can get him on railway week and mm. talk about uh, Devoted or one of his railway runners uh coming up but uh yeah make sure you tune in and listen to mickey earlier in the show if you haven't heard that thanks to Brittany taylor who knocked off adam mcgrath i meant to give she, away who won yeah we usually yeah, yeah, yeah not even knock, didn't just knock him off it was like what was a whitewash oh, yeah absolute whitewash. sweet four zip get the broom and there wasn't even anything overly controversial adam could have picked up a point earlier in the uh who was the last jockey to win this but <laughs> dearie me uh poor ever from both actually Dis- disappointed by both here Brittany. if you want to go any further in the comp you're gonna to have to lift on what we uh on what we saw there and bit of, um, bit of, bit of shannon noll exactly yeah. right <laughs> bit of shannon noll uh, and most importantly, thank you to our wonderful producer again, Jen. She has to sit through this, and obviously this comes out and it's about two hours long. She has to sit through the six hours or probably not six, the three, <laughs> two and a half hours it is and uh, and decide what gets cut and what doesn't. So thank you, as always, to Jen, um, yeah, the glue that holds this this very brittle shit <laughs> together. Uh, who we got on next week? I don't know. Look at the – Tournament, Heat 4. Oh, Heat 4, yeah. yeah. Heat 4 for the tournament. Yeah. Get to, <laughs> fuck, I don't even know when I'm backing in the next race, but it's <laughs> fucking dead. Um, we've got Lockie Taylor taking on Scotty Embry. Scotty never actually 100% confirmed, but now he's choiceless, isn't he? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Lockie versus Scotty. So the battle of the um, the battle of the five foot fives. So it uh, should be a, a titillating. Yeah, and a big day battle. for big day for W races in the Quokka. Yeah. Um, yeah, four million dollar slot race. Incredible stuff uh, that we're heading into this space and exciting times ahead. So it's a big day. Exactly right. Mm. Enjoy uh, enjoy your weekend on the punt. Good luck on Boulder Cup Day. Looks a cracking bunch of races uh, in the gold field. We'll be there in two weeks, BJ. So we'll need someone to, in this chair in a couple of weeks. So yeah. throw your hat in the ring to BJ. But I'll Good. be here next week. Until next week, I'm on one. <laughs> <laughs>